Today is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, we start this day talking about the Canadian, quote, mass graves that uh, apparently did not exist. Uh, so one of the, the faux Canadian atrocities of Catholic people, I guess, just willy-nilly murdering Indigenous people and digging mass graves for them. Uh, one of these such examples was recently proven false. Turns out the quote, unmarked graves of the deceased, or of the murdered, whatever, maybe it's not an exact quote. Anyways, one of these graves was recently examined, and where they expected to find mass graves of, like, innocent little children murdered by the evil Catholics, um, it was actually a bunch of rocks because it was a septic system that was dug. So, uh, lots of churches, multiple churches were burned down, and, like, there was, like, anti-Catholic backlash because of this. You can find the article, I don't know if, um, I think Chris posted it, you can check it on Clubhouse if you like. But, anyway... That's what happened. So not saying that horrible things haven't been done in the name of God, even in Canada. But this is one major thing that got major attention, and Catholic churches were burned to the ground. Who I, by the way, am not Catholic, but still, right is right, wrong is wrong. Lies are lies. So um, there was no, in this case, innocent little kids murdered by the evil Catholics. Um, it was a septic tank full of rocks. So anyway, we talked about that. And then I get myself into trouble by saying, hey, I don't want to talk about politics and then talk about politics. So I, I, I go on a political rant. I am not alone, and I didn't. maybe I didn't start it. I don't think I started it. I didn't. CEO started it. That's who started it. Anyway, okay, so we, we go on a little politics rant. Then we talk about prophecy. Um, what's the misconstruing of prophecy versus, you know, different, different spiritual gifts? Um, and then we go into the canonization of Scripture. Is this canon open? No, it's not. Some think maybe it should be. We talk about that a while, and then we get into baptism, and uh, we cover a wide range of topics today. We even entertain our uh, favorite heretic. I, I, man, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's a crazy world. Uh, we, we entertain baptized for a while, um, our person, acquaintance, Patrick, and here's some crazy heresies by him. Um, anyway, so it's, it's a good day. Um, so a pretty long day. So anyways, uh, check out this podcast, share the links. If you like, you can read the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, free to read with a Kindle Unlimited subscription. Um, and what else? What else? Yeah, if you want, grab a t-shirt, support the cause. Uh, support us having civil dialogue about religion and Christianity on the internet with people who need more Jesus, not less. Anyway, take care. Have an awesome day. Catch you on later. Is the article you shared about the mass Christian you know, grave hoax or whatever, I, I tried to read it, but it wanted a subscription, and, you know, I don't play that game. So are you saying that that article is about the the occasional people who cry, uh, come in here and cry saying how Christians— Catholics, by the way, uh, went on a mass rampage in Canada and slaughtered the uh, indigenous peoples and buried mass graves. And, uh, you know, everyone's trying to apologize at the same time, being like, bro, we are not Catholic. Um, you're saying that there was an excavation done, and all of those— supposed mass graves from killer warmongering uh christians was just piles of rocks buried and not in fact murdered people yeah so here let me can defend you, catholics for a bit well can you explain the story a little bit first because i could only see so much before it was a paywall oh gotcha so basically um there are a, back in 2018 and 2019 there was this huge move throughout canada that was discovering um native Canadian tribes, kind of like our Native Americans, you know, these are native Canadians, um, that had been educated in Catholic schools. And the charge was that the Catholic schools were just murdering, just, just murking 
bunches of native children and burying them on the school grounds in unmarked graves. And so, and the way that, yeah, this was the actual, this was, this is a huge deal in Canada. I wish Michael were here. Um, but yeah, this was a huge deal in Canada. It was all over the press in Canada that this had gone on, that there was this mass slaughter of native children for a hundred years. Um, you know, and that the Canadian government owes everybody a bunch of money. That's what it's really about. Um, and that, uh, you know, this went on. Well, the way that they quote unquote proved this is they used ground penetrating radar to identify a bunch of quote unquote unmarked graves. Well, one of the native tribes was tired of battling this in the press and in the government and wanted definitive proof so they could get their payday. And what did they find in all of the best unmarked graves that that the ground penetrating radar could come up with was somebody who dug a septic drain field with a bunch of rocks in it. So all the supposed graves of children were just literally like rocks that they had buried for a septic drain field. And that's not even the kind of rocks that cry out and, you know, praise God. Not even no. the kind of rocks. And, and because of this nonsense um, and because of the, all of the publicity and everything, there was a, a spate of uh, the burning down of bunches of churches in Canada over like three or four years. So like vandalized, they destroyed statues, which, you know, I'm kind of a fan of. Um, and they... Uh, yeah, and they burned down a bunch of Catholic churches uh, over all of this that was completely false narrative that was just completely made up. It's awesome. Wait, did you say you're a yeah. fan of burning down statues? Do you want to get your skinny, skinny jeans and a Molotov cocktail? I mean, you know, I'm just not big for, like, you know, second commandment violations and people building idols to marry. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> I always think it's wild that when people are grossly like negligent in their their assertions and they like hop on some crazy bandwagon of utter wrongness when it's discovered that they were utterly wrong you know like the person gets exonerated or or you know in this case oh this is exposed it's just you know whatever radar stories they had were all fabricated nobody comes back and like says you know what i got that wrong i'm sorry my bad for like causing a ruckus there's never like an apology of any sort Instead, oh, how you much get you apologizing were... for, like, things that you didn't do wrong. Like, oh, I said that I don't appreciate children being indoctrinated, but apparently that offends people in the liberal community, so I'm sorry. Like, you get apologies for weird things, but when you're dead wrong, you don't get apologies. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like uh, that guy earlier, like, you know, I'll, I'll apologize that he was, like, dishonest and stupid. I mean, I guess I'm sorry you're dumb. But, um, I mean, that, that's a tool of, like, you know, information warfare like you see it on the news all the time like you know the um goodness i'm, I'm a broken record but you know like trans stuff pride stuff covid stuff like lockdown stuff like all, all that stuff it's like they would just spout very seemingly obvious lies every news channel would say the exact same thing as if they were reading from a script and then it would be proven like you know a week or two later it was complete lies that there would be like you know the rolling stone snopes all these other trash journalist places would print like hit pieces on people for things they were saying that were lies. Like the people's like, I didn't say that. And like a week or two later it'd come out and be like proven that they were wrong. 
And like, whenever they would do a retraction, they'd do like a front page article or a news story and take like prime time breaking news time to run this stuff. And then whenever they like, you know, I, I guess we're probably threatened with being sued for defamation, they'd print a retraction or say a retraction at like 2 a.m. in the morning or in like, you know, page 13, like in a little blurb. It'd be like, oh, and about, the, you know, Bic, and here's, uh, you know, here's what's going on in Thailand with a microchip processor. Also, uh, we were, we uh, would like to retract the statement we made on August, blah, 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 about, uh, you know, doctor whatever that said this wouldn't work. And uh, turns out we were misinformed and our source was uncredible. Uh, now, anyways, back to, uh, you know, why you're wrong in taxation, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's freaking wild. And so I don't know how true this is. Human nature, right? Because I haven't Mark actually gone to... What, you, what were you going to say, Chris? I'm just saying it's human nature, right, Marky? Oh, of course it is. Um, you know, lie lie loudly, tell the truth softly. That's what humans do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I don't know how true this is because I didn't fact check it. So if this is more redonkulousness, somebody call me out and so that I can know that that source is not reliable. But there was, I saw something somewhere. Uh, it was like probably on Instagram or something. That was basically saying a lot of the, the reasons for the misinformation that we see in actual news outlets, whether it's newspapers or, or media networks, is because I think Uh-oh, you're chopping up. Oh, you're bad. Uh, you're chopping up. Yeah, we can't hear you, Marky. That's a bummer. Pray and come back. I feel like he was going to say something really cool, too. I know. I wanted to hear it. I know. Dang. Is that better? Am I back now? Yeah, so but far? as soon as you're going to talk again, it's going to break up. Because this is what happens on Clubhouse. But go right, So there was, there was like a, um, some kind of act that forbid media outlets pushing propaganda on U.S. <laughs> All right, Marky, you're, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to take a break. All right, let us know whenever you have full bars. I'd like to hear what you have to say, but this is not happening. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, anyone and else have a? As soon as he started making this point, right? As soon as he went into it, he was like, and and then blah 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 blah. Anyone else have a question about uh, I don't know God stuff? Question comments right in chat. Jump up on stage. Hello, G. How are you? Let me just send out some invites. Take them or don't. It's fine. I'm just, uh, I'm just getting tired of being right so often. <laughs> yeah, you did call it. Doesn't make you a prophet, but you called it. You said as soon as he starts talking, it's going to mess up again. Well, like, now I'm talking about, like, the, so, like, do you remember when, when, uh, Chris came in here and was arguing with me and we were yelling at each other back and forth about the Canadian bodies thing? You know, you said that. I don't remember the Chris one. I remember that, like, I, I guess a guy that's like a, a indigenous person or to Canada that came in here and would like. That was his like pet horse, um, but I, I don't remember that you and Chris one got in a fight about it. Yeah. You get in a fight with so many people. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember that real, real clearly because the reason I remember that is because I had been working at one of my clients. And they are right next door to a seafood place that has a lunch counter. And that lunch counter sells lobster rolls. And they are amazing. Um, so it's like a it's like a wholesale seafood place for restaurants. But they have a lunch counter. And they do these like actual real lobster lobster rolls. And they're like 20 bucks for a sandwich. I mean, they're really oh expensive. Gosh. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's actual real Maine lobster, and it is delicious. And I always get the, like, the non, like, mayonnaise one. Like, I'll just get, you know, just a couple of drizzles of butter with the, with the uh, toasted bun and the uh, lobster and some scallions on top, and that's it. It is, it is one of the most perfect sandwiches. Oh, Marquis says there was an act from the 70s or 80s that forbade media outlets from promoting misinformation and propaganda to U.S. citizens and relegated it to promotion in foreign countries. That was repealed in 2013, and he uh, cites foreignpolicy.org as his, or .com as his source. Oh, interesting. Well, I will hey, tell apparently you... there's a Muslim pretending to be you. Um, Jesus, they changed their name to Chris Ross, so um, congratulations on your conversion or damnation, you know, however you see it. Really? Where? I don't know. She said in chat there was some guy pretending to be you in a Muslim room that, like, what, converted or something? All the fun you guys have on Clubhouse, and I'm just over here trying to talk about Jesus. I guess, and political stuff that I <laughs> I keep Ooh. sucking myself back into. Pastor Mark is telling us about another place nearest you that sells lobster rolls. <clears throat> Lobster. Did Chris, you know my if you, if, you, if you drive down here, if you drive down here and, and meet me and Mark, I, I'll let you buy one and I'll eat the thing in front of you. Let you video it. But you're vegan. How are you going to eat that's lobster? What, that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's how okay. little faith I have in you that you'll actually do it. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> Listen, I got to go out there anyway. To you don't like bacon, Nate? You don't eat bacon? No, Leviticus forbids me from that. I'm kidding. It is not. <laughs> My doctor forbids me from that. <laughs> I love it. So they could roll into one of those Hebrew Israelite rooms, and they'll probably and they'll start on the whole. I'll bet you eat swine, and then Nate, in good conscience, is going to be like, "Nope, sure don't." It's like I keep Dude, all I have, dietary laws. I'm telling you, I would be. Uh, I could. I could. I think I make make metamorphosis for a Hebrew Israelite. Like. I'm 0.02 percent yeah. sub-Saharan African. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, don't eat any, uh, you know, don't eat any pork, any of that stuff. Aren't isn't everybody like 0.02 percent sub-Saharan African? <laughs> no, we've had that conversation. There are we legit have? people. That there are legit people with like zero. Like, really? uh, I mean, I don't know if that's like so minuscule that it doesn't pick up, but I mean, you know, there are people that on DNA like it, it's zero, 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 like nothing traces back traces back to Africa. So anyway, um, I don't know. I've never done a DNA test. I'll have to try it sometime. Do one. The government wants your information. Yeah, I know. I mean, at this point, I don't care. Just put me in the concentration camp, get it over with. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like, uh, the whole lobster roll thing. Did you know that my favorite sandwich in the world, and now it's just a food truck, which is a huge bummer. And they're only out two days a week in Tampa is Robert's Meats, and they have an actual filet mignon sandwich. And they cook it right there. They put bacon on it and tomato on a Kaiser roll. And it is it is the most perfect sandwich. It is amazing. But you can't get it anymore unless you go track down the <laughs> Robert's Meats food truck Wherever the heck it is in some corner of St. Pete all the way to Tampa. Your so favorite like, meal is you have to track down your like favorite four-star meal on wheels. Yeah. And it's like and and it's Robert in the food truck himself. It's like the dude, it's like the dude himself. 
<laughs> and he does it just as a hobby anymore because he closed his his uh, butcher shop that had been there like 40 years and they were going to redo the plaza that he was in on El Prado and International and uh, my Tampa peeps know where that is. And um, yeah, and they, they, they basically threw him out after 30 or 40 years or something, man. So they, so the old dude is like chilling in a food truck, like whenever he feels like it. So you just have to like go online and see when the food truck's going to be open. It's a huge problem. Do you like soups? I do like soups. You should try a loving hut in in Tampa. It's it's there's a couple. It's they're all independently <laughs> owned, but this is the one. But yeah, I know, right? This is the one by um, the university, like whatever the big university is. I've been hut. there. I didn't have the soup. The, they have like three soups. They are all like if you go, just just buy all three soups to, just to go. Like it okay. is all their soups are amazing. Well, we have a loving hut here in Orlando. Yeah, they're all vegan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if like they would have the same soup, or is it well, well, just they're all, that? Yeah, they hut? said they said they're all independently owned. So I think they have some like some items that are um, are the same, but still, it's like like in the it basically like small mom and pop restaurants. They just independently like you know buy into the franchise, but it's not like McDonald's where they ship you everything. It's like you buy into the, like the loving nut franchise. It's like a whole cult. There's like some dude, like some sea, we, whatever guy, like, you know, that wears an orange cloth or whatever that started the thing. But, um, yeah. So it's like apparently a whole religion or philosophy. Like it's, it's straight up cult. Um, and I guess they, I, which I guess I helped support their cult, but I guess they like fund their operation of enlightenment by like having all these restaurants, like stuff like that. Um, mm. but I didn't know that until I walked in there. So like I walk in there and there's like this, this guy and like, you know, Vietnamese or something with like English subtitles um, on the TV screen, just like his like welcome video on repeat talking about really? healing the earth and finding one center and all that stuff. And it's, it's really weird, but uh, yeah, so that's what I learned from watching the little infomercial. But uh, during that time, I mean, you know, food is really good. Yeah. I mean, I hope I, I didn't mean, like smurf up some demons with it, but eh, yeah, I've had, so out in Tampa, there's a big <laughs> Buddhist temple out there where they have free lunch every once in a while. And I've actually been oh. to the Buddhist free lunch and it's pretty good. And since you don't specifically know whether or not it was offered to demons, um, I guess you're good to eat it. Yeah. Meat sacrificed idols. Hey, Michael's here. I wanted to ask him about all the, well, the uh, dead Chris, Canadian I children. I wanted to tell you who you remind me of. I just figured out what you're talking about me. Do you, uh, do you, did you ever watch park and rec that show? Parks and rec. No, I haven't. I've heard of it though. Okay, so there's this guy on there, Ron Swanson, and he basically eats, like, limitless amounts of steaks, and he also is, like, identically sarcastic as you, so I call you the Christian Ron Swanson. You should watch an episode. So I do know who the character is, because I have been called that before. (laughs) You are not the first person to tell me that I am Ron Swanson. I just need the sweet mustache. All right, now let's get to Michael and the murdered pile of rocks. Yeah! Michael, you there? Welcome, Michael. I am here. Murdered rocks. Okay, fire away. You want me to do it, or you want to do it next? Fi- you, fire away. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I didn't pay to get behind the paywall, so yeah, you go ahead. So, Michael, um, remember a few years ago the big brouhaha about Native children and Catholic schools, and basically there was this whole thing where like the Catholic priests were just like murdering children and burying them in the church grounds and all this stuff. 
yeah, there it's there was um yeah, there was some particularly heinous tragedies uncovered here in Canada as well, yeah. It, well, there... yeah, this is in Canada. So they used so the way that they instantiated this is they used ground penetrating radar in order to find these great the unmarked graves of these children. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so one of the native tribes that was outraged by this actually got a permit and went to the university and the university grabbed their forensics department that does all the investigations for cops and stuff for unmarked graves. And so they went through and excavated all of the best examples from the ground penetrating radar of these unmarked graves. So this just happened like last week. Okay, I'm following. So they found rocks, not children. So I have a question. Was it they found rocks like because that's just what was there or they found rocks because people tried to make fake burial mounds and use rocks to fill it? No, 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 no. It was they were they were they figured out after they dug it up what the purpose of the rocks were. They weren't unmarked graves. They were a septic field, a septic drain field. So like I have a septic drain field in my back. Ah, OK. So like that's the, that was the actual purpose of them, but instead of thinking to themselves when they're using their ground penetrating radar, hey, this could be a septic drain field. They went straight to this is murdered children. You should burn down as many Catholic churches as you can find. Outraged people. Okay, I'm if true, I, I'm struggling. I'm Michael? struggling to find a point there. Uh, the point was is that this was ballyhooed throughout the Canadian press as uh, inf- individual atrocities that the entire thing turned out to be a hoax and no one is apologizing for the hoax. And because of the hoax, there were multiple churches burned down all throughout Canada over the last few years. Okay. Henry, Michael, you had to be here a couple times, like where we have, like, we've had some of the indigenous people come in and like, they're like, you know, like, I mean, we've talked about it for hours uh, because they're like, you know, God is evil and people are doing evil in God's name and blah, blah, blah. Like, so that conversation and all the other countless conversations and everything Chris is talking about should never have happened because it's all built on either lies or just honest ignorance. So all those like, you know, your religion is evil. Look what you people have done in the name of God. All lies. Never happened. Apparently. Okay. At least with this particular very yes. narrow subset of... Not to say there is no unmarked grave anywhere, but I mean, in this one, yes. Okay. So what's the point? Uh, the point is that uh, just like narratives get spread in the right wing narratives get spread in the left wing and can be equally as destructive. Okay. So what, okay. So I think partially you're right there, there, there's a a lot, something that happens a a lot and that is that there's this, Oh, you know, all, you know, all people It's like, so you're, I don't think you're saying this because it's just not true that, that, that all people on the left are, are atheists. Right. No, I would never say that. Okay. Right, and 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 that all people on the right are believers. I would, I would double down <laughs> and not say that. Yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so so we can take politics. So we can extract politics 
from that. Left and right doesn't mean anything when it comes to that, right? Um, so, um, yeah, there people make people make mistakes. Uh, the burning down, like I would stand alongside you and say the burning down those, of those churches, uh, if if that was their rationale, if their rationale was this thing happened, and we found like did they find out it wasn't true and then burn the churches down or because I didn't, I, you know, it's like. Uh, contrary to popular to popular belief, uh, I don't follow every single story that happens in Canada. What? So, so yeah. So when did like this three stories? Like, yeah. <laughs> did they did they burn the places down prior to finding out? Right. That it wasn't they true. Just found out after five years that this entire hoax that has been brewing in Canada mm-hmm. to defame. And again, here here I am. I am defending the Roman Catholic Church, so I don't ever want to hear that I'm anti-Catholic from anybody. Right. So. Okay. So what? Yeah. So what I would say is, is that like, so if you know, because there there were mass graves found, uh, so like, so so there were clearly, I guess, uh, I'm going to accept that what you're saying is true. Um, so there were mass graves found that actually did contain skeletal remains, etc. Um, and those were in some in some cases underneath uh, Catholic um, schools uh, and, and churches, um, residential training schools they were called here. Um, and there and so clearly by what you're saying there were some that, that weren't. So I would say no 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 there were never any bones found ever at any point. The only evidence that they had was ground penetrating radar. Wait, you mean like in the history of Canada? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Like in these re- remote schools. So there were marked graves that were at the schools that did contain remains because people died of all sorts of you know diseases and what have you in the 17 and 1800s. Um, but those were marked graves or the grave markers had you know either decayed or moved. But at some point, they were marked graves. The scandal was that there were a bunch of graves of children that were unmarked because the Catholic Church was attempting to surreptitiously hide deaths of Native children instead of contacting the you know, families and saying, hey, your child has passed due to, you know, whatever, diphtheria, um, you know, because we had an outbreak and seven children out of, you know, 14 died of diphtheria. Um, which happened all the time in those days, right? So, um, but those were all recorded. So the outrage was that Native families were never told that their children died. They just buried them in unmarked graves under the churches, for which these unmarked graves, that was the accusation, it turns out, is a complete and total hoax that never, ever happened. Okay, so there, and so so now I'm a little bit more familiar. Like as you're sussing more of this out, so so yeah, there were there were uh, wide reports done by um, uh, global news, CTV news, etc. Many different news uh, uh, sources throughout the country. And global is a global is a, is a national. Uh, so is CTV and CTV. They go all over the country. So there are lots of actual forensic reports that actual show that actually show skeletal remains so that's just not true i'd be curious to see what the what your sources are for that um but uh, my source is the back- indian tribe that literally just dug up the supposed unmarked graves 
Okay, I, okay so I'd be, like I said, I'd be curious to see the sources. But going back to what you said before about, you know, like, would you support, like, what would you do in a situation like that? I would say if there were, like, anything that's done unjustly, like, I don't support, in, like, any type of stuff like that. And that's just, like, me personally. I must be for anybody but myself, right? Um, I don't think that, um, like, rioting causing damage is good. I don't think that, uh, you know, like, the, those types of, un, you know, like, um, uh, violence is, like, I'm, very much a pacifist like i don't i don't like violence other than in like extreme cases for self-defense under any circumstances yeah. if there were churches right there burned down any of that kind of stuff i would stand alongside you and say that that was wrong and if there were people and if it's been discovered that these things were done and they were done in the instances where nothing actually happened i would stand, stand alongside you and say like uh, these people should be uh, arrested prosecuted jailed uh, wh whatever those things, you know, uh, the law determines to do all those types of things. I don't, I don't think any of that's right. I, I mean, I wouldn't have expected a different response from you. I mean, my, my point being though, is that a bunch of Ballyhoo was given this, you know, Catholic atrocities and it turns out this week that none of that ever happened. Do you think it's possible? And and I'm I'm not trying to make, uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. Cause like I said, I think if, if, if wrongdoing happened on either side of the fence, um, like, yeah, prosecute, prosecute and punish all wrongdoing, regardless of where it came from. Sure. Do you think it's possible that given history that people jumped to conclusions um, and made the wrong assessment? Yes. Again, and, that, and, and, that, and that is what people on both sides do. But I think Chris's point is there's less empathy when people on the right do that. Like that very question you asked, which is very reasonable, it seems like when people on the right engage in that behavior, they're not given that benefit of the doubt or that empathy. I think that's one of his big picture points. Right. So, yeah, like, yeah, so all I can say is, you know, like I can only speak for one person and that's me. Right. So, and I wouldn't attempt to speak for anybody else. Right. But I, I would say in the same way, it's not good to, you know, to cast a wide, like it's not good for anyone on either side of any issue to cast such a wide net in that way, right? Like, like it, it is probably fair to say that, I'm just look, having a brief look, I'm just, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that nobody else on stage but me is on the left. Now, given that, I see. It was pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm right. I'm a conservative independent, but I do believe in a lot of the social justice issues on the left. So, see, left. Okay, okay, okay. So that's fine. So, okay. So, it would be wrong for me to say everybody on the right is blank, right? Or you know, like so, Nate, you and and Chris both live in Florida, and if I was to say, man, Floridians are so X, Y, or Z. And it is Z people, not Z. Um, oh, you may be right. It is Z. Uh, right. Uh, you know, that, you know, that, well, yeah, may, maybe Nate, depending on what you're talking about, may, maybe I could be right. <laughs> um, but like it will be, so it's wrong for anyone on any side of any issue to cast these, these wide uh, expansive nets, right? Because there's going to be, there's going to be exceptions to every rule. Right. You know, like Nate, you are on the right, but you and I have said to each other many times that, you know, that if we were neighbors, we could be, you know, friends and friendly with each other. I firmly believe that. And yet if I lived in Florida and Ron DeSantis was my neighbor, I would TP his house. 
right? On a daily basis. That's T P right? like with a T, like T is in Tyler, not like P. Yeah, don't be appropriating anything yes. here. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's you know, it's it, like those types of things, right? So you, so we can't cast these wide dispersions, right? But and and so it's it is interesting. Like I'll hear so many people say, like in, in these rooms and in others, you know, you know, atheists X, atheists Y, atheists Z. And I've also heard people say Christians X, Y, and Z, right? And, and I think well, we need to be, I think we need to be careful, right? Unless we're talking about, unless we're talking about things that are um, universally true, like atheists don't believe in God. Sure. You can say something like that. Oh, Christians believe babies. in God. Sure. What's that? Say that again. Or eating or babies. Eat babies. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Breakfast, lunch, and d- dinner and, and a midnight snack. Of course. Uh, don't be silly. So, but anyway, hopefully that, that addresses the, uh, the question. You know, recently someone was asking, they're like, I want a Christian podcast that's, that's kind of funny and, you know, not so serious. And I'm like, well, you know, there's kind of us, but I mean, you know, we're like unserious to a fault. Like we should probably be more serious. Like we're pretty irreverent about a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, and this is, this is one of the things that. Oh, I usually instigate it. Yeah, go ahead. Mike. Uh, this is one of the things that I actually enjoy about being in, in your space, Nate, is that, is that it's, it can be topical, right? So it, like if someone was to come up on stage right now, and say, I want to talk about Matthew 10. Everything we're talking about now would be dropped, and you would go to Matthew 10, and you would you would address those issues and stuff like that, and then you may or may not come to you know some type of agreement, or you may get to the point where you say, look, you may not like it, but you know this is your th- you may not like the answer, but this is the answer, and then move on to something. So I, I think it's I think it's topical and situational. And uh, what was it yesterday, right? Well, what was it we were talking about yesterday? And a, a, a few points you're like. Can we talk about God in any of this? Because it was just, you know, kind of the ebb and flow of the conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, the reason, the only reason we do talk about nonsense so much is because so little people have questions about God. It's like we saw the mystery of the universe. But yeah, so, so, I mean, I'm fine with it. Like, I mean, you know, I definitely want to have these conversations and stuff. But if no one's there to ask them, then, you know, it's all your fault. Not your fault. The, the room's fault. Yeah, probably. And my fault. Oh, no, it's probably my fault. Hey, hey, you see, you see my PTR with me holding up a, a starfish in Dominican? I do. That is a very cool tropical picture. Yeah, we went uh, we went on this day trip, and they they took us to this. Um, uh, they called it a natural pool. So if you can see, we're probably about let's do the conversion. We're probably about five hundred yards from shore, and I'm you know in four and a half feet of water. It's very, very cool. How far from for sure? About maybe 500 yards. Oh. Wow. That's pretty far out. Did you yeah. murder the starfish like a Catholic priest? No. Yeah. And, and it was and funny because... Insides. The, yeah, it's funny that the, the tour guide was was a marine biologist. And he was very careful. He's like, look, he's like, he's like, we, it's like, we, you lift it up, we take a picture, you put it right back down. It's like, you leave it, it's like, basically, if it dries, it dies, is what he said. So we were like, up and down. And uh, my wife took one and several other people. We were, we were on, um, we went down with friends that we met in Kansas city in Mexico 10 years ago. Um, and so there was seven of us on the boat. So we, we did a, cause there were seven of us. We did a private tour. So we didn't, we don't want to deal with any other, I don't like people that much. So we didn't have to deal with other people. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. So we all kind of took pictures and stuff and it was fun. Uh, I had a question for you. Gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I got Next a question you go- for <clears throat> you and Chris. <clears throat> Next time you go on a trip, Michael, could you do an experiment and like put a big American flag on your on your like backpack and, and 
let us know the reactions you get. So, <laughs> so funny one. enough. So funny enough. Um, when we were doing when we we're doing um, kind of some research because we hadn't been to the Dominican in, in a lot of years, and basically what we found is from talking to people on different kind of like vacation group Facebook pages and stuff like that, is that in the Dominican, specifically in Punta Cana. The, the preferred currency is the American dollar, not the Dominican pesos. Um, the Dominican peso is essentially like uh, – I, I don't remember what the American conversion was, but the Canadian conversion was one Canadian dollar got something like 49 Dominican pesos. So the American dollar would probably be about 75 or 80, something like that. Um, essentially a worthless – like the lira was 25 years ago, basically a worthless currency. Um, so we so I went to the bank and I got a, like just scads of like, you know, ones and fives and stuff like that for tipping and stuff like that. And I, <laughs> I, I commonly told people like, and it's funny because the people we were vacationing with friends again from Kansas city, like I said all the time, it's like, it was like, there are so many reasons why I hate your money. Like one, it's ugly like it's terrible like like our like the things like the euro and the mexican peso and the british pound these are 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 wonderful looking currencies the american the american money is is just objectively ugly as hell um but also so many other currencies like uh like the mexican peso for example uh and canadian currency is actually plastic so you could put it in your pocket and go into the pool or go swimming and it didn't damage it whereas your money just disintegrates um, but there were many times where I'd say, it's like, oh, you know, here's some, you know, here's some American dollars, by the way, I'm Canadian. I said it a lot. I said it a lot. Well, I mean, the, per yeah, I mean, the preferred, uh, preferred de denomination may be, um, us dollar, but what's the preferred people? Um, anyways, you you probably have a leg up on that. Oh, us, but, uh, yeah, us, us, <laughs> us forever in a day. Like, um, it's, it's, and that being said, like, what, if you had a stack of hundred dollar bills, wouldn't that start looking pretty attractive? <laughs> No, because no, even wouldn't. though it doesn't look attractive, I mean, you know, the value makes it look attractive. <laughs> no, not really. Um, Flat but, joke. Yeah, you know, but but it, it's interesting because I mean, and I've, I think I may have even said this here. Like, there are many Americans that I like, and I would count, uh, you know, everyone on this stage that I'm speaking with right now. I would count you all among them. And there are many Americans that I love dearly, like our friends from Kansas City that we met in Mexico. Uh, friends in Allentown that we, uh, Allentown, PA, that we also met in Mexico, etc. So there are many Americans that I like and many Americans that I love, but I don't like America. And and I will say that openly to like any, and I'll say it to anybody's face. Um, I, I think America is a was a decent idea gone horribly wrong. I think your ex, quote unquote experiment has ter has failed terribly, um, and yeah. And there's and there is nothing that could ever get me to live in the United States of America. Nothing. Uh, unless you, uh, unless you got uh, cancer and needed uh, to get treatment. No, well, my before, wife works. Before we start, my wife works, works in a cancer hospital. This. I wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I, so I, before I, we before we start a new revolution, I mean, yeah, it's a little hard to hear, but all things equal, um, I, I don't get the incredible incredible disdain for it. I mean, you know, it's like we can talk about like you know, hang on. Trudeau, did I get that right? Yeah, all day long. You got it. And you know all the all the all the evils and ills with Canada. But practical application, if someone just crosses the border and you know like just kind of hangs out, like 
you're not going to see a whole lot of differences from one country to another. I mean, politically and on paper, like like politically and stuff like, hang on. I mean, like politically and stuff like that, yes, there are differences. But like in everyday life, like, you know, going to the store, eating, sleeping, going out to dinner, going to McDonald's, like, you know, whatever. Like, that's what I mean. Like, practically, you're not going to see a whole lot of, oh, my gosh, I'm in America. My life is totally, like, uprooted. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm in Canada. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to, like, you're not going to combust when you, you know, when you cross the border like you wouldn't when you go to a church. (laughs) CEO, you said you you had a question for Chris I I got a response to Michael's comment first. So, Michael, I will say, to your credit, the only two um, citizens of countries that I would allow to say your comment are Canada and United Arab Emirates. And here's why. Because I think the USA, UAE, and Canada are the only three countries in the world that have been able to absorb, that could absorb diversity at the level it's had and come even close to succeeding. If you took China from its 1% diversity to even 7%, it would completely melt down. If you took any European country, it would do the same. If you took any... African country would do the same. I mean, South Africa has what, like 8% white people and it melts down. So um, the U.S. has done a pretty good job if you think about the level of diversity of people, the integration of it, and the fact that the country has continuously improved forward. I think it's actually quite an accomplishment. And what other major country do you know elected a president that doesn't look like the majority of their population? So I do think you, you need to temper that a bit. Yeah, temper it. Okay, temper it by going right into your next question, CEO. Okay. All right. So um, the, um, I'm just going to quote a survey to you and Chris, and it's to get your feedback on both. And I, I don't have any judgment. I just want to see what your feedback on it is. So um, the survey of Trump supporters came out, and they asked, who do you trust to tell the <laughs> truth? And it said 72% said they trust Donald Trump to tell the truth. Sixty-three percent said they they trust their friends and family to tell the truth. Forty-three percent said they trust religious leaders to tell the truth. So I just wanted both of your feedback on that. So we're just supposed to rank these like like feedback, or then give our own take, like rank in order of like one through whatever. No, no, no. I just wanted to see trust. what you thought about the fact that Trump that Trump supporters tr- trust Trump to tell the truth more than their friends and families by 9% and more than religious leaders by 29%. I wanted to just get your interpretation. Yeah, I, I you think know, Trump voters are cultic and probably shouldn't vote. Wow, Chris, I'm going to vote to put you in a gulag day one. Yeah, okay. I mean, you're pretty okay, much yeah. doing it anyway by voting for Trump in the primary. So You are <laughs> – no, that's because of all the other cultist Republicans who want to, like, bite their nose to spite their face or whatever. Um, well, no, is, it's because we don't that? want Joe Biden to have four more years, but Trump voters are hell-bent on giving Biden four more years because they're Democrats. No, if the the Republican people that you pray to uh, so much would be like, hey, you know, this guy is clearly widely popular. The like every all of his opponents are not mildly opposed to him. They hate him with like a visceral hate that this country has never politically known. So he must be so opposed to them. That's why they're going after him so far. So if they take it easy on someone, is that because they're compromised or, or what? So anyway, if they wanted this place to have a chance of like 
uh, anyway, if they want this place to have a chance, they would rally behind the wildly popular candidate who the establishment people hate, uh, but they won't because they are the establishment people. Um, wait, so, wait. You know, what, How is Trump point, wired, wildly popular? Well, I mean, if you look at his polls among, you know, the common folk, every time, like, you know, the, he gets indicted, his poll numbers go up, like, he's yeah, beating in everyone. the Republican base, but, like, where, what are her poll, what is his poll numbers in any swing state? They're underwater from Joe Biden, probably the worst president in American history. The I guy is it, such a loser, he can't even get more of a poll bump than the worst president in American history. He is horrendous, and he will lose in a landslide to the worst president in American history. I will blame the Republican Party all day long, because one, I think he's making a lot of headway with, like, independents, and I think independent people, like, and even Democrats, like, goodness, like, even, like, look at RFK and his supporters. Like, I, I, I am sure, I am just sure that if somehow Trump and RFK were on a ticket together, there would be a landslide like no one has ever known because RFK would get yeah. the Democrat people anyways, but people like would Biden would like, win the, by it, like 85 points. <laughs> it would be unprecedented. By that standard, no, I, I think I, I, drop out already. Yeah. DeSantis should be gone. I liked him. I liked him as governor, but man, he, he shot himself in the foot to finish my point. Like if you didn't have the, the Republican establishment, so hellbent on torching Trump, and they were supporting him, you'd have all the Republican support. And because of that, you would have a bigger machine going towards Trump, which would, I think, sway a lot of independent people. So like, oh, well, you know, his own party, like unanimously supports him. Maybe we should like look at this guy. And I think they are doing that more in spite of that, like even independence is going up. And then you'll have Democrats who Biden has done, like given them, they want empirical evidence, like Biden has given them empirical evidence that their party is corrupt and just awful in every conceivable way from, from all the stuff we've lived through in the last four years, economically, socially, even social justice. They say all the right things, but then doing the right things, it falls flat. And I think people would seriously entertain Trump, even if they hate him, because they're going to see how crappy their own party is. And be like, just like Republicans did when they got Trump. They're like, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, but they're like, okay, Republican Party is out of control. Like, it's a bunch of rhinos. They're not conservative. They're just another part of the Democrat Party. So we're going to put Trump in office. I think it's time the Democrats would seriously look at doing that if it didn't have everyone in the world against Trump. Anyways, um, do you remember uh, when he said um, – let's <laughs> not talking about politics, right? When he said that um, he could walk out on, like, Fifth Avenue or whatever and shoot someone, people would still vote for him. And everyone, you know, everyone joked and everyone laughed or whatever. And they're like, look what he said. Yeah, I think he's right. Given, I think at this point, I'm happy to say he is right. So like, unless he like unveils himself as the actual antichrist, I mean, in which case I, I may vote for him anyways, just to get this thing over. Um, but I mean, unless he unveils himself as the actual antichrist, there is nothing he would do at this point to keep me from voting for him because the other side has done so many provable Illegal things, unconstitutional things, worthy of high treason, and nobody in the media, their party, no one is calling them out that has power or will to do anything about it. So, yeah, at this point, like, there is no way I'm not voting for that guy. And I think a yeah, lot so of people sorry, think just I wasn't, like me. I wasn't trying to turn the discussion into electability of Trump, Nate. I just wanted to get your opinion on this data point that twenty that there's a twenty nine percent gap in terms of people, you know, trusting Trump. Trump voters trusting Trump versus religious. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, Trump a known liar. 
over and over and over again. <laughs> Hang on, Chris. Hang on. Last time you spoke first, and look what happened. Let me speak first to the actual thing. So, okay, CEO, to your point, I, I, without having any information, who did the study, who surveyed it, like without knowing any of the metrics used, um, I would say, okay, so so people, you're saying trust who? Tr Trump the most? Trump, yeah. And then Trump, friends yeah, and family? Trump. Trump voters of Trump voters, 72% trust them to tell the truth, 63% trust their family, 43% religious. Okay, so those are the only three. Okay, so I mean, I guess depending who your friends and family are, that, that would be a big difference. So, I mean, if you have a bunch of, I don't know, depending on your friends and family, my friends and family, I would, I would trust my friends and family over Trump because, you know, Trump is still a politician and, you know, he greatly embellishes. And I'm sure he lies about some stuff, like just like all of them do. So uh, personally, I would trust my friends and family. Uh, again, spiritual leaders. Jeez, what spiritual leaders are we talking about? Uh, Malik, Pastor Mark down there, it, it, unless he went away because of her. Okay, he bailed. Thanks, Chris. I blame you. Anyways, like Malik, Pastor Mark, you know, um, our sp pastors, like if, if we're calling people like that, spiritual leaders, well, I think I would like, you know, trust trust them. But if we're talking about spiritual leaders, like, you know, Televangelist, I bet no, they rightly rightly deserve. I mean, I think I would like to say Chris would even say he would trust Trump more than like someone you'll see on like Christian television network. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's so that's what I think. I think in, in my own life, friends and family, uh, my spiritual leaders, um, and and then Trump. Um, but in it's completely conceivable that. People would say, yeah, uh, Trump over their friends and family, if their friends and family are, you know, a certain certain way or have a known history of lying or whatever to get their way. And then if their spiritual leaders are really crappy spiritual leaders. Yeah. So so there's no real way to answer that without knowing specifics. But, yeah, there, there's a world in which it makes sense and a world in which it doesn't. All right, Chris, can we at least find some common ground, Chris? Would you say that Trump is more trustworthy than, like, you know, the people you commonly refer to as, like, demon-possessed heretics? No, I would say that Trump is a demon-possessed heretic. Um, <laughs> Literal yeah, demons. Literally demon-possessed. Probably. Um, and look, we're still friends. I know. But but here's the thing. is Because like, I think he wants to destroy the Republic. I think that that is his absolute goal. So let me ask, it, let me ask an, another really intriguing question. I'd love to hear Michael's point of view on this first. Not, not that I'm taking over or anything, but I, just, I think you'll find this interesting too, Nate. And I really want to hear your take. If Trump were to adopt fully and full-throatedly the exact platform of Bernie Sanders and the Democratic Socialists, would you, would you then, being a non-Trump supporter, and you're Canadian, but let's just pretend for a moment that you got exiled from Canada and had no choice but to become an American citizen and vote in the next election because of your heinous crimes against snakes or something, I don't know. Um, let's make it real juicy, Michael. Um, so would you then vote for Trump if he completely flipped his platform was like, yo, uh, we're, we're doing Bernie Sanders. Bernie's my running mate and I have become a democratic socialist and I 100% believe in a hundred percent government control over everything. Would you, would you flip your vote? So first of all, that's not what democratic socialists want, but let's assume for a second, that's what they did want. Uh, the answer is no, uh, because Trump, because that wouldn't change in essence who he is as a person. Like, like it, Trump doesn't want democracy. He, he doesn't even want a democratic republic. 
Trump wants to be an autocrat. And and if I, I think if you don't see this, and and this is this is probably not going to be taken well, but I'm sorry, but you're you're just not seeing clearly who he is as an individual, right? Like well, like when he when he looked when you remember this the the speech he gave when he was like, oh, you know, it's like when he talked about maybe they should revise term limits for presidents, right? Like, and, and you see some of his, his sycophant supporters, right, that have the t-shirts, you know, you know like Trump 2016, 2020, and then and the, they're listing down the rest of his family as successors to him, right? You know, as if they had any qualifications, right? Um, it, it's just, it, it's, it's patently absurd. So no, no, there's no, it, it, I, I found it a little bit actually shocking that Nate, that you said that there was no situation that you wouldn't vote for him. And I, and I think there's a good degree of hyperbole in that because were he actually to walk out, you know, in central or like central park or times square, Fifth Abbey, whatever it is, and shoot someone, you would not vote for him. I don't believe that for a moment. So yeah, I, I, I mean, if it actually happens, let's see. But but my point wasn't in relation to the goodness of Trump. It was in relation to his opponents. So in my mind, and you talk about qualifications, look at our current qualifications. Like they, I mean, you could say like, you know, Biden's like million years in the Senate is qualifications. Um, and look what that does, nothing. Or you can look at his vice president, Kamala, her qualifications are none. And, and you see that every time she cackles and maniacally laughs when she opens her mouth anyways. But, but no, uh, so my, my super support, like um, I, I do support Trump. Like he's been saying the same, the same, he's had the same platform as long as I've been alive. Like, you know, when people pull up interviews from the eighties, like on all these shows, he's been saying the exact same thing. So, I mean, I do think he has a reasonable head on his shoulders, which is common sense. Like, you know, up until he said he was running for president, everyone loved him. Like he's a great guy. He's in movies, blah, blah, blah. Everyone loved him. It was only when he decided to actually run that, oh, now he's bad. Anyway, so so I think on one hand, yes, I, I agree with his politics, with his the stuff he's been saying as long as I've been alive. On the other hand, now, uh, I mean, we have four years of him running, running, and I really like a lot of the stuff he did. So we have we have four years of his of his running and, and what he's done, which I like. Um, but yeah, so my my extreme like like you would say absurd or ridiculous levels of support now is not because he is like a Christ-like figure. It's because his opponents are very much anti-Christ figures. So like they are so bad, so corrupt, so everything I cannot possibly stand. And they keep getting In worse. In the Republican so, so my point of like, uh, no. Uh, so so it, the, the, the so Democrats- wait, There's a primary going on first, Nate. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. We're not even talking about the primary. The primary, he's going to win the ticket. Like, unless they just, like, against the will of people give it to him. No, there's there's not going to be another primary voter. I pick him over all the other primary GOP people. But we're talking about, like, his opponents, the people who are indicting him, like, 4,000 times and all this other stuff. That establishment people is so just evil that I, I there's nothing he can do to rise to the level of their evilness. So that that's why. So So, wait, so you're going to pick a guy – who is guaranteed to lose against those people. Guaranteed. He is guaranteed to lose against those people. You're going to pick him over somebody who could easily get massive support like a DeSantis. That's your that's your go-to, is that they're so evil that you want them in office for four more years? I know that's the talking points your Lord and Savior DeSantis gave you, but that's not what's going to happen. First of all, you can't guarantee 
There, there is no guarantee. That's like saying there is you know no you path of electoral victory for Donald Trump. Well, well ever forget in so, any so, so Chris, for a second, forget even that Wait. argument. I, and Nate, I just want to understand what is it that you like about Trump over DeSantis and Tim Scott? Just what is it that is so? First of all, they have no chance him? of winning. They are not. I don't care what Chris says. Uh, uh, oh my God! So, so Nate, so Nate. Tim Scott. No, no, no. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. We're bringing this to bed. We need a we need a new uh, a new topic which we're going to get. So to try to answer both of your questions real quick, I don't remember. But no. So for Chris's guaranteed Trump will not win is the same way I say guaranteed like you know uh, Tim Scott or wh whoever else DeSantis will not win. We both have the same amount of proof, which is none, because we have to let that play out. There's all kinds of things that could happen from from minute to extreme. Like, you know, hit pieces, um, you know, political stuff, like legit. I, I don't know. Like there's all kinds of things that can happen. So I can't say someone is guaranteed to lose any more than, you know, Chris could say Trump is guaranteed not to win. We just as much as we would like to prove it, we just can't. It's like saying I know Jesus is real in a way I can demonstrate to Michael as much as would love to. We There's just not a way we can demonstrate in a way Michael's going to accept. So unfortunately, that's where everyone is. However, uh, then to your question and let's God try to move on. Um, yeah, out of all of them, if, if I had, to, if, if Trump was out of, if he's like, I will not run, there's nothing you can do to put my name on the ballot. I will not be your president. Um, out of the people right now, I'd vote for Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. Like I, I, my, my extreme hesitation with him, because everything he, I've heard him say, um, I think it's spot on and it's, it's really good. Um, I, I like that, but I think his big downfall is he's untested. So will he really have the integrity to stand by what he says when the people like, you know, when the establishment and other people and other interests get their claws into him? Will he have the integrity and the fortitude to resist and stand by what he currently says? That would be my hesitation, because it's my suspicion that when DeSantis had that chance, what? He, he, he kind of paved a little bit. DeSantis had that chance. Are no, no. You're and he's failed. Him. He's failed. Like DeSantis was so good about so. Like DeSantis. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> no, uh, as far as as far as the big stuff, like by uh, like by the way, woke stuff and drag queens, like good. I'm not talking about standing up to the left. I'm talking about standing up to his own party. So these like ingrained politicians, like the McConnells, like people he's aligned with, like people that I, I hate even saying Rhino. But that's what we mean, like these people that talk all conservative, but then you just know, like they're getting like, you know, making backroom deals with all the establishment Democrats. So it's he, not Republican he Democrats. All the Florida rhinos and got them out of office and has a conservative legislature for the first time in a generation. Well, no, here's my favorite, my, my favorite part of it. Real quick. Wait, wait. Remember when I said we were, we're going to end this? Remember when yeah, I, the, nope. I just want to say one thing about. Nope. <laughs> I am adamant we are done. I'm trying to like put a bed to this. Anyway, I think this, DeSantis got his test and he failed. So I think a lot of the Washington, D.C., when on the federal level, got their claws into him. Local level, he's great for a governor. I wish he'd stay governor. On a federal level, a lot of people like got into him, and you can kind of see a change in stuff he's saying like on a natural level like or national level. If you ask about wokeness, he's always going to be good on that um, because you know that's something that the, the GOP establishment would be fine with. They're like, yeah, we're against that too. Go ahead and say that. But when it comes to like behind the scenes stuff that we may never know the full extent, I think he's failing that test, and I don't like who he's in bed with, like all the like Bush dynasty and all that. Ugh. Okay, anyways, Michael, do you have a change of topic? Does anyone have a change of topic? 
I'm, I'm happy right. to I'm happy to change I'm happy to change the topic. I would like to respond just to what CEO said about the whole poll thing, just like for thirty seconds. Well, um, I tried. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that and here's something that uh, Chris and I are going to be in lockstep agreement with actually, um, and that is that it doesn't surprise me that members of a cult will follow their leader. Um, so, so that's where the the whole Trump support thing comes in. I'm not surprised by that. Um, but um, it also doesn't surprise me that um, people trust religious leaders less. I wish they trusted religious leaders less than they do, especially because although Trump may lie sometimes <laughs> and you know, grenade, uh, religious leaders lie all the time, um, especially about the things they say are true. Um, but that's just the atheist in me bleeding out. Um, I, so in, in my order, it would always be um, so it would be friends and family first. Um, politicians second and religious leaders 24th. Congratulations. You guys got the atheist Michael on your side. <laughs> um, anyways, well, Michael, you, I mean, you'd have to probably say like, if you had family members who were not your family members and, and they, you know, were, I don't know, all Trump supporters, you'd probably say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to Trump. Uh, I, I'm going to trust Trump even more than my family members. Or, you know what? I never thought I'd see this day but I will trust religious leaders more than my family members. Like, right. I mean, there has got to be a world in which they are so far out there um, that you'd be like, okay, I can't trust my fam- friends and family anymore. So, so it, like, you know, it would be the case, right. You know, like, like we've talked about before, there are always exceptions, right. So of course there will always be exceptions. Um, like there are, like there are family members that I have that I don't associate with. Right. Because I don't see them as valuable parts of, of my life. And there are friends who are not related to me that they could call me at the drop. Like they could call me and I'd be there. I would drop whatever I was doing and I would go there and be there for them. And there are family members I would not do that for. Um, so. So, yes, of course, there are exceptions to every rule. Um, but they would. But even even the family members that I don't have anything to do with would at best be on par with religious leaders. All right. Uh, Rags, what's up? Have you come to bring us a new topic? Rags, don't let us down. Rags. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You got to be patient. My phone is laying somewhere and I'm working around the house. So if there's a delay, I got to get to the mute button. And of course this happens. Um, hold on a second. Uh, talk a little bit. I do have a topic, but let me get her satisfied and I'll be right. All right. Let's just, uh, Chris, you want to lead us in the chant of Kumbaya? Not not a song, a chant version. I want to know from Chris how how um, how surprised is he and CEO, I guess as well, that uh, I'm essentially in in agreement with uh, with Chris on this. Kumbaya, kumbaya. <laughs> well, now Chris is probably on a ladder somewhere with his head in a hole. It's probably making a voodoo doll of me. What's up, good adult? How no, are I'm you? not surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm well. Any topic of interest on your mind? Uh, not a topic, but as always, I do have a verse. I was hoping to get your insight on. Sure, let's do that. Uh, today's verse is going to be Revelations 1 and 8, um, where it states, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord which is, which was, 
uh, and which is to come, the Almighty, if you could give your understanding of this verse. Well, I mean, I, my understanding is, is how that reads. Like, yeah, he has always been, he always is, and he always will be. Um, I, I, I don't want to shortchange you here, but I mean, um, I guess, what, what else would you be looking for? Like, that, that's all encompassing. I'm not, I don't, I'm not looking for anything. I'm looking for your understanding of the verse. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, I guess less is more, because I mean, that's my understanding. Like, you know, Jesus is, is always, he's always existing. So he always has existed. He always will exist. And, you know, he is currently existing. So that, that is my, is my understanding. And it's even repeated in, I think, Revelation 21, 26. And it's also a divinity claim, I guess, you know, if I, if I go further. Um, I think it's Revelation 21, 6, where he, said, he repeats it again. says, you know, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, I think the first and the last. And to he who sits on the throne, Jesus, uh, he'll give eternal life to anyone who wants it freely without price. And he will be their God and they will be his people. Um, so... So yeah, and just like you know, John one one in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. Um, I, th I mean, I think these are just. This is just another iteration of Jesus being God. Uh, and when it, we're in the verse where it states, uh, "which was," I, I, uh, that's a past tense, obviously. Uh, where in <clears throat> scripture, where in scripture could I refer to it being when God was in the past? Well, I mean. The revelation is a future vision. So, I mean, if, if I mean, pick, uh, pick when Jesus was walking around in flesh and blood, or, I mean, that's when he, he was God. I mean, if we're in a linear time line and it's moving forward or before the, before the planets existed, he was God. And before any material matter was created, he was God. So you, you can, I mean, it, it's just a, I mean, I'm sure there's a fair amount of English, uh, you know, being used here, but I mean, you know, in English, the way we understand it, um, if we're going past, he was God. If we're talking about the present, he is God. If we're talking about the future, he will always be God. So I mean, maybe maybe that's a different way of understanding that in a uh, in a different language. But I mean, the concept is the same. Just like there's never a time where Jesus existed that he was not God. Like there's never a time where anything existed where Jesus was not God. So it's just it's covering all of his bases. So if there's ever a time you're talking about like about anything, Jesus is always God. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Can I ask a question or can I interject? Yeah, and I'm question? back. And I'm back. Okay. Okay, we'll jump right to you. No, uh, yeah, Mark, um, no but we have to be careful and um, quantify that, you know, when we said Jesus is God, we are not talking about the man Jesus, we are talking about the spirit that he possessed was God, correct? Jesus was fully God and fully man, so Co yeah, when correct. Jesus was here in flesh and blood, still God. Yeah, but when we say Jesus is God, um, we're not saying that the man Jesus is God. We're saying that the spirit, that's why the scriptures said God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. You know what I'm Because we know that um, God as man cannot, God cannot die, or God neither slumber nor sleep. So we have to quantify and say that, you know, yes, even though he was fully um, divine and um, fully human, the man Jesus was not God. The spirit I that disagree he with that. was God. Okay. Yeah, we disagree. 
Well, can we, Jesus says, okay. who, who, well, because Jesus talks about, you know, I have the power. Uh, no one takes my life. I lay it down and I have the power to take up again. So he's saying that right now, like, you know, who has the power to resurrect things except God who gives life? So Jesus is making this claim. So, like, that's like the Muslims when they will say, you cannot kill a God. But they would also say God can do anything he wants. So this is how you can have both things be true at the same time. You cannot kill a God. And Jesus says that. He says, no one kills me. No one takes my life. I lay it down and I will take it up again. So no one yeah, kills him. He let himself be murdered. But he also takes it up again. So, yes, the man, the flesh that he indwelt is God. Like, remember, the angel told Mary, you'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God, God yeah, literally correct. was God, with us. God so, with so Mark, Mark I, I just want to ask a clarifying question. So, Mark, are, are you, is your basic point that Jesus's flesh didn't exist beforehand? Is that what you were just trying to say? What, 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 are, you, what are you trying to parse out? No, say that again. Ask me the question again. Okay, are, are you just trying to make the point that Jesus's flesh was not eternal or that his flesh didn't exist before Correct. he was born Correct. on earth? Like what? Okay. So, Correct. Nick, do you, do you take issue with that? So if we're talking about the, the – I think he's saying something different, though. Like, you know, if someone no, says no, that – No, I'm saying what he just repeated. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so if we're saying like like Jesus, the flesh and bone person, did not exist until something like two thousand years ago, then fine. But when that flesh and you know the Jesus that's always existed before the incarnation of Christ, like in the, the you know the Hebrew children, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in the fiery furnace, Jesus, that guy, that being, still totally existed because he was walking around in the furnace with them, I believe. Yeah. But well, we then, okay. when Jesus shows up in flesh and blood. Jesus is, you know, he's now incarnated in human form, and Correct. his human form is still God. And I think you're Correct. not saying that. Correct. No, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that's what oh, I'm okay. saying. By the, same, by the same time, we have to understand that Jesus, um, through our scriptures, that was the Father. Nope. That was no, no, the no. Spirit, yes. No, no, okay. no. Jesus Ro is not the Father. No, okay. No, let's, that's the name of the Father, Jesus. That's the name of the Father. The, the name son. of the Father is Yahweh. Okay, well, I mean, we can play some names. We can go back and forth. Because I know that Jesus inherited the names, all, most of all the attributes of God. Read Romans 1 and 3. Romans 1 and on. 3. Can somebody read that? Hang on. Let, let me just ask real fast. Like, do, do you believe in the idea of the Trinity or not? No. Okay, then we just disagree. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you call, like, you know, if you say, who is Yahweh? Yahweh is the Holy Spirit. Yahweh is Jesus. Yahweh is the Father because they are all the same being. They're all God. So, I mean, we just disagree. Like, I, I happen to believe in the triune nature of God. I think we see that all through Scripture. And, obvious, uh, you know, apparently you do not. So, we just disagree. Uh, Rags, are you there? I'll give you a second to get to your phone. CCEO. I just I, I don't understand what Mark is actually saying though, because if he's saying no. Jesus was God, then no, he's he, well, he's a non-trinitarian, so you know he's saying something like that. So I mean, that's fine. We just disagree. But Regs, are you there, Regs? I am, and actually Chris is gone, so this would have been relevant to Chris. So, but I can still bring it up. Um, uh, we had a discussion yesterday about the canon, and um, and also there was a. Some, some, some level of discussion about God speaking to an individual. And, um, I understand the, the standard argument about, 
well, the scripture is in place kind of as the standard or the, that's why they call it canon. We agree that these are authoritative. But then the question comes up, is the canon closed? And and, only, and I, the only thing I, when I did some research this morning, the only thing I could come to is realizing the reason they even say the canon is closed is because there's been no credible prophet since then, right? And I don't even think within scripture, you can make the argument that I could find all the scriptures I looked at. You cannot make the argument that the scripture, there was a time when the scripture would be closed. Like there's no prophetic utterance saying at this future date, scripture will be done and completed, right? So it's ultimately us as the church of believers saying, well, we don't see anybody here doing this anymore. So it looks like the scripture is closed. That's kind of what I came to from what I've researched so far this morning. And uh, then, but then I, go ahead. Uh, well, go ahead and keep, keep saying what you want to say. No, no, no. And I was saying, and one of the arguments I was talking to Chris about yesterday, just to, just to give you context of the conversation, like if the Holy Spirit speaks to me, right? If God is triune and the Spirit speaks to me, that is, in a sense, the infallible word of God, right, speaking to me. Now, the question whether that is the Spirit speaking to me, to me, is a different question, right? So now we have to evaluate whether what I heard is from God or not. That's a different question. But to say that if the Spirit speaks to me is not at the same par as the Spirit-inspired Scripture, to me, becomes problematic. Because then you have to say that the Spirit doesn't speak perfectly to you, but he speaks perfectly over here. And that becomes problematic to me. And that was part of the nature of the discussion. So if you guys want to speak into that and talk about it, that's fine. I mean, Chris comes back in. We can kind of catch him up. But that's this is from then. Also, I was going to say, trust when you said I was going to do a segue from when you said, do we trust religious people? Well, and that was one of the things Chris said. The reason we don't, we since we kind of have to trust the scriptures, because there's all these bad things out here, all like the, the, the televangelists, the Mormons, the you know, whatever, Joe witnesses. And that's why we need the scripture to kind of counteract those things. But I'm sitting there thought to myself, well, false prophets and false teachers have been around for 4,000 years. So to make that argument, I don't know if that's strong enough to make that argument to say, that's why the scripture has to be this way. Well, yeah. So, anyway. so common, <clears throat> commonly like, you know, the scriptures people use for like why it's a closed canon is revelation 22, uh, 18 and 19. I warn everyone here, here's the words of this prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. And if anyone takes the words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. So, I mean, so on, on one end, you could say, well, this is only talking about, you know, this scroll opened by the angel, or this is only talking about, you know, somehow revelation. Um, and then on the other side, it's like, well, Revelation was one of the later writings, so that now applies to Revelation and everything predating it, so that's that's the entire Bible. And then, you know, as far as, like, how the canon was organized, like, if Satan himself, because, you know, Catholics are like, well, the Catholic Church canonized scripture, well, if Satan himself and the demon is the ones, and God's like, all right, make a Bible, do what you want, well, and they'd be like, okay, haha, this is what we're going to do, we're going to trick these Christians. Like, no matter who organized the Bible that became canon, by faith, we believe that whatever became canon, however it became canon, even if it was the devil himself doing it, that's God's plan. And what we have as canon is the is the desired will of God. Um, so however it came about, ultimately, God is overseeing it. So it doesn't matter if someone's scholastic ability was bad or in the, their intent was bad or nefarious. Whatever we have is whatever we're supposed to have. And then, you know, there's disagreements on that, like the Apocrypha, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but not really, because even even can the canon that has the Apocrypha, it's in its own section as the Apocrypha. So as far as the, the complete canon, uh, you know, it is the 66 books. And then, you know, you have the addition of the deuterocanonical, but it's divided. Anyway, that's that's the backing that people use. And I agree with the more um, the, the more traditional one that uh, Mark, you got to mute when you're not talking. I get a lot of feedback from you. But I agree with the more traditional approach. That, you know, if you add to or take away from these words, this canon is closed. It's been done. And I believe by faith what we have is what we're supposed to have. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say, Regs. Okay, so really then it comes down to you just you're just trusting that this is the way it is. And also, I would say you were right. Most people do apply that revelation. I've looked at that one, too. But in context, it was for that prophecy. It wasn't for, of course, she's screaming at me. Let me, I'll be right. Uh, Mark, were you trying to say something? Yeah, I was going to um, say that um, I kind of, um, well, well, you're right, you know, totally right. But, um when it comes to the um, um, church fathers, you know, um, I kind of disagree um, with the church fathers um, interjecting into scriptures, and, and I think that's what's creating the um, the confusion amongst, you know, believers and among Christians, because um, I don't believe the church fathers was inspired, you know, um, I, um, I, I, the, the church fathers are not the disciples, you know, or the apostles and stuff like that. So I kind of don't take their writings um, or their um, interpretation of, of, of scriptures, you know, um, as, as face value, like if it was written in stone. Hey, Nate, well, we well, agree you, there. Hey, Nate, can you ask the guy that, that just, not the guy that just spoke, but the guy before him, when he gets back, I'm not going to be able to ask him when he comes back. That's why I'm asking you to do it. Um can he differentiate between um, the Mormon church? Whether, you know, so are they inspired and is Islam also inspired? Like, I would like to hear if he, what he thinks about that. Are you talking about May Rags? Is that yeah, who you're yeah. talking to me? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we, we can, uh, this yes is where no, the okay. agreement is. Okay. This is where the agreement is, is we're on, on track. The reason we can say Mormonism is wrong is because how they describe the nature of God, who nature of God and who the nature of Christ is. That does not square with what we know, what we have. We do know what has been revealed. That does, does not square with it. Same with Islam. The nature of God and the nature of Jesus and even what happened to Jesus does not square with what we know to be true in the revelation we do have. Now, the question to me, though, is more than that, more than that or so, I mean, I'm saying that I agree that the canon is the standard, the 66 books that all churches across time agree with. That's why I don't I don't quote the Apocrypha. I don't quote the Book of Enoch. I don't quote any of those. I quote the scripture because across all churches, we agree with that. Even within Mormonism and even within Islam, they say they back the scripture. So you can always go to this, the 66 books as a baseline to say yes, no, maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's that that's not necessarily the nature of my question. So I'm not like we have to have a standard and the, the canon is the standard. But the question is, if God speaks to me directly. Right. The argument would say that, well, that doesn't have the same weight as the scripture. Right. That's okay, But if it is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, 
why would that not have the same weight or even more weight than the scripture? Well, I think for, so for one, what, what, what would you say would, um, uh, hang on one second, seeing a text. Like what would, do you have, is this just like in a hypothetical or do you have something that you would like to have canonized? Because, you know, we do know like God's word will never, you know, contradict himself. I mean, it says that in the Bible, like, you know, his words, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, um, if you're just talking about a hypothetical, which I would still disagree with, but that, that would be one thing. But if you're saying like, well, you know, I've been given new revelation that's something the Bible covers, but because the Bible covers like everything to do with our lives. So it's like any new prophecy about like Christian living or something like that. If it's like, well, now God says, you know, LGBT stuff is wonderful. Well, God's word already said it's not, and his word will never change. So, I mean, I'm wondering, like, there's only a handful of, of new directions you could even go if you wanted to entertain that. So it may be like, you know, it couldn't be about the end of days. No one knows the day or the hour. So so no one can say God's given me the day or the hour. That would be wrong. But if you said God said uh, electricity is bad. Well, I mean, in theory, the Bible doesn't speak against that. So so you could say, like, you've been given a new prophecy about electricity. Um, but, but, yeah, so, I mean, I... Where are you going? Like, what do you think well, there's something I, that needs to be added? No, no, I'm not at the point of that. I'm not at that, not at that point because I don't know. I think that's that would be hard to, of course, here she comes again. Yeah, I mean, I would disagree with both, but I'd say one, it, like, you have even stronger biblical evidence. Like, if it's going to be something that, uh, you know, conflicts with the word of God, absolutely not. Um, on the other one, I just take the traditional approach to Revelation, you know, while you will have people who say they're modern day prophets and, and all this other stuff, you know, go check those people out. And then you may want to reevaluate your statement because there's people saying they've got, you know, a new prophecy from God. And it funny thing, it usually has to do with like money and wealth and, you know, <laughs> buying their magical healing salts. But I, I would consider the source of the group, like most widely saying they have modern day prophecies and stuff like that. And then you may want to rethink, but no, I, I would just disagree that you, everything we have is everything we need. And um, anything the Bible doesn't cover, we have Romans 14, 28 for, uh, you know, that talks about anything done from faith or anything not done from faith uh, is sin because you have your conscience led by the Holy Spirit. And that's further biblical evidence. Like when Jesus says, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you a comforter to be with you now and lead you into all truth and righteousness and, you know, be with you forever. So if we have the Holy Spirit with us forever, um, like if you want to say, like, you know, is God telling me I should totally take this job or totally not take this job? then, yeah, I believe God could be speaking to you, but that's in no way like a prophecy that needs to be like, you know, written down in, in the canon, like maybe like what you're talking about. So I, I believe God. But, yeah. Well, well, that's kind of the thing. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's even just, let's just focus on the prophetic. I don't think God's moral standards going to change. So he's not going to tell us to go make me divorce my wife and go sleep with another woman. He's not going to do that. OK, I, I believe that, you know, because his moral standard is, is a moral standard. But I mean, if God does give a prophecy about, let's say, you say God gave me something about the United States and say, look, in five years or we're going to see the destruction of whatever. I mean, it could be a very prophetic thing. And then that prophecy comes true. Right now, you would say that could not be added to scripture. But if the if it honors God, glorifies God, brings people back to God, but it also is fulfilled, then that would that would technically uh, according to scripture, say that prophecy is true and that's that prophet is from God. So then you could you could argue that argument could be made that could be added to scripture. And does that say that it's 
you know, I mean, I, I guess you could say it could be added in that sense of the word. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm driving at, that kind of thing. I'm not saying I've done that. I'm not saying I'm that. I'm not, I'm just making an argument at this point. I'm not, and I don't want to. Yeah. And I get what you're saying, but you won't find me in that camp because, you know, if it was going to talk about, like it already talks about, I believe as much as it intends to let us know, because I mean, you know, in the, in the last days, you know, old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. I I get that. that, I mean, someone could make that case for you. Um, But I also think like we, we already have, prophecy all the way up until eternity um so if it was going to be something like that you would think there would already be a prophecy like you know in the really close to last days um you know like troops with blue helmets uh you know or or some like language like that describing like you know troops with blue helmets will be running through the streets or gathering up the faithful of god or ushering in the end of days with violence or plague or whatever um so you would think something like that would have been alluded to but the most we have is, you know, in the last days, people are going to be calling evil good and good evil. And, you know, like what we what we can vaguely say, well, yeah, that's been happening ever since. And it's certainly seeming to get more and more intense. Um, so then to get something more specific. Yeah, I, I don't think I can get into that um, because well, th- there would already be an allusion to it. Well, and I understand so your hesitation, trust me. And I, can I just say something to your question that, you know, no, I don't think that could be. Um, scriptures, even if it came true, because that would negate the fulfillment of Jesus Christ's fulfillment scriptures, and also it would negate the fact that, you know, um, Jesus testified that everything that you read, you read, you research, and stuff like that was referred to him. The scriptures thinking that you have salvation, but it's what that testifies of me. So, yeah, um, like to his point, that, you know, yeah, you could have like a glimpse of details of, um, prophecy that has not fulfilled and God is showing you the showing you that it's gonna be um, fulfilled. It has already been read. There's nothing new under the sun. So there's no prof new prophecy that you could come up with that you would want, that you could even imagine because it came true that you could add to um to um scriptures. You know, that would be totally false. Scriptures has well, the thing is no, I get, I hear you and trust me, I I know this is gonna sound weird, but I actually share a lot of everybody's concern. And that's why I don't, I'm not the type of person my wife tells me all the time. She says, why don't you just tell me God's leading you? And I was like, cause I don't want to say that. Cause if it's not God leading me, then I'm being a false prophet. I'm actually speaking, you know, so I'm actually very hesitant and I get the, all the, why the trepidation, why the hesitation is there. So I'm not trying to, trying to, um, say I'm just want to open up the floodgates and allow all things to come flooding in. I'm not saying that either. Well, I mean, um, to, I mean, to, to thread the needle in a way that probably Chris, would agree with i'm just thinking about the hardest uh you know hardest opponent of what you're saying would probably be like i mean you know my position right i believe the canons closed i believe there's no modern day prophets that need to have have scripture canonized and if that prophet is wrong even once then you need to be put to death per the biblical prescription for false prophets so to just avoid that entire category completely and never have to worry about it um i would say something like if you just feel compelled, like God wants you to relay a message to someone or a neighbor or something about anything, be like, you know what, I, I believe, you know, God put this on my heart, and and I would just consider this, or I would think about this. Um, I wouldn't be like, you know, God told me to tell you in like a prophet way, because um, like the best thing that can happen is you're just going to give like some, some, you know, godly advice, and the worst thing that can happen is you're going to associate yourself with like a false prophet and be re- led astray. Um, so I, I think, you know, pr- 
practical application, just avoid that entire thing and do something like that. And if someone wanted to do like a modern day prophecy, start quoting scripture. I, I believe that's as close as someone's going to get, which is usually where it goes anyway. Like a prophet will be, I mean, unless they're like something that you, yeah, I, I don't even know. Unless they're just something that has nothing biblically backed. And it's like, God told me there is going to be a famine here in three years or something like that. That's just completely no biblical basis for. Um, yeah, it's, it's usually going to like lead back to like, you know, I feel God putting this on my heart or, you know, very, very safe language because people will like to hedge because no one wants to, you know, then if they're if they're wrong about something or they led someone the wrong direction, uh, then they're like, oh, you're a false prophet. <laughs> um, anyway, well, so I, better I, safe than sorry. I want, if you want to move on, that's fine. I was just going to make one final thing. I don't think when Paul was writing his letters or even Luke when he was investigating and writing down Luke and Acts, him in his mind was thinking to himself, this is the word of the Lord. God is speaking to me when I'm doing this. You know, it actually was the Christians looking back, Paul and the apostles and church, you look back and say, look, this seems to be inspired. So it's, it's a looking backwards. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like you, I don't, I don't go around telling people, God, thus saith the Lord. I, for God forbid I do that because I don't want to do that. Um, but at the same time, it's more of a recognition. If the spirit is in it, you know, we, and if we all have the spirit, then we will recognize it. You know, the sheep hear my voice that on the back of that, you know, God, God, God speaking to you and God speaking to me, we're both trying to hear him. Then there would be a resonation within that. And I think that's why even we do have the canon that we have is because there's that, um, a recognition that the spirit was moving there. And those that are moved by the spirit will recognize when the spirit's moving. That kind of, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing. And we can end it there because we could go on and on about this. All. Well, yeah, we'll hear what D has to say, but also, also, I mean, you know, it's not like, the entire canon is prophecy. Like, you know, a lot of the canon, like Paul's letters weren't meant to be prophecy. They were like addressing church living and church issues and, you know, just letters to different people. So even though we consider it canon, the inspired word of God that God wants us to have, even Paul wasn't like, you know, trying to prophesy when he wrote to Ephesus, he was trying to like, you know, give them godly advice. Um, so I, I would separate that. But uh, D, did you have something to say on this or anything else? Sorry. Yeah, I... I, um, I, oh, was uh... someone else here? Oh, D. I, sorry, Will Deer. I didn't see you. You want D first, and then Will Deer. Sorry, I didn't see either. Okay. Go ahead, D. Nate, I think you hit the uh, nail on the head when you said that um, if it's false prophecy, you know there is a um, consequence to that. Um, so what I would suggest, you know, so that you don't fall into some type of cult, is to just write it down. You know what I'm saying? Write it down. Maybe mail it to yourself, seal it, and see if what the um, Holy Spirit is saying to you does come to pass. Uh, I mean, and and that will build up your faith. I do believe that um, our Heavenly Father does speak to us. Um, I don't, I don't think that it needs to be canonized, you know. But maybe it's it's just more so like a message that helps you guide you through the path of where to move on. You know, what's your next step? So like. If the end of days does come and the spirit speaks to somebody that says, all right, we need to go to this state because this is going to be safer here. And you have a history of, you know, showing that what you have spoken has come to pass, maybe something like that. But to be canonized, I don't even think that Raj was saying that it should be canonized. But as long as it aligns with the Bible um, and it's not taking away or adding to it, I feel like, you know, the most high speaking to us is not a problem. 
Well, well, that's, that's uh, uh, yeah. Uh, one sec, Will, dear. Uh, well, that's that's one of the uh, that's one of the things. It's people's different understanding, right? Because like some people, which I I would agree with this. Some people will say, well, if 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 it's a prophecy, like um, you know, that light rises to the level of like the prophets in the Bible, then it must be canon. And if if you're saying, well, it's prophecy that rises to the level of the Bible, but it, it doesn't need to be canon, then that's not prophecy that we're talking about. That's using it. That's using the same word but for a different meaning. So I'm under the, uh, you know, I'm under the belief that if it's like a, a prophecy that rises to the level of biblical prophecy, then it must be in the canon. And if you're not saying that, but you're still calling it prophecy, you know, you, you say like a more wildly accepted thing, like a word of knowledge or, you know, something like that. But, um, <clears throat> um, oh gosh, what was I going to, it didn't matter uh, what I was going to say. I forgot, have, but uh, Lil, Lil Deer had something. Well, hang, hang on. I, I want to get to Little Deer Fest. Okay. She's I was just going to say, I think that what we have to look at is when we receive these things, they are definitely something personal for our own personal benefit in that type of thing. But when it, when we look at it, if it's to be spread throughout, you know, at warn everyone, I don't think that's the purpose of it. It's the purpose of us to disciple to be the disciples that we're led to be, to lead people through to Christ, <clears throat> not through our own personal, but through what Christ did. And I think that's the purpose of that. That's just my opinion, because it says, go out and disciple all nations. And that's it's to stir us to do that. And uh, Dee, before we get back to you, uh, thanks, Will, dear. And I remember what he's going to say, and it was, there is a really good reason, I think, why we haven't had extra books since the time of canonization um and it's because everyone well i mean you know the the overwhelming overwhelming majority uh takes that traditional revelation approach that you know this is speaking for everything we have in the collection of letters that the holy spirit has you know inspired men to write and then men to organize and men to categorize and since that's been done uh the, i mean they're not saying that you know everyone can't be wrong they can but I think that should be like extreme caution why almost everyone unanimously um, agrees that this canon is closed and uh, nothing should be added. But then that gets into what you were saying, like, you know, what's people's understanding of prophecy? Uh, because if it's to that level, it must be canon. And people say that, no, it, it can't be that level. So then that falls back to, well, just say like, you know, you believe God would like to share information or someone put something on someone's heart or Anyway, uh, hang on. Let's see. D, yeah. What was your example, D? No, I think that you just hit it. it my example, even though it happened in real life, but I, I feel like you covered it. Like, what is considered prophecy compared to something like the spirit put put on your heart? You know, I mean, and even even in Deuteronomy, it says don't add or subtract. So I think you covered it. And, and you know, there there's still a couple things like, um, I'm. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm, I'm probably going to think of the wrong guy. But, I mean, you know, there have been some, a couple of prophecies, um, especially, goodness, around, like, you know, the elections and the state of our countries and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I still remember one guy uh, said they had a – I don't even know if they call it a prophecy, but they said they had something that God showed them. Maybe, maybe it was just like a dream, right? Because that's another thing. It could be completely coincidental. So if someone has a, a dream and they try to say God gave them that prophecy or God showed them something – I mean, it could have been bad tacos they ate. So even if they, like this guy said, you know, he had a vision of like basically UN, like occupying the streets of our country. 
uh, back then we thought, well, maybe we can kind of see how it happens. And it's been a couple of years. So you're like, wow, yeah, I totally see how that could happen um, because our government, yeah, anyways, not to get politics again. But I mean, it's like now I can, I can totally see how that could happen. But even if it did happen, that could be just a dream that happened because he watched a movie about world, you know, world religions the night before or something like that. Um, and it wouldn't mean it's from God or anything else. It could have been from the gremlins in his own mind, or it could have been from God. Who knows? So, so there's always going to be a, a way out and be like, well, if it was false, that's just because it was a dream and it actually wasn't a prophecy from God. In that case, never call it a prophecy. Or if you think it is a dream that God totally has for you and it's going to come true. Yeah, I do like what D said. And, you know, keep that close. Keep that close to the vest, right? Um, and and still, uh, anyway, because it could be for all reasons. Maybe God's giving you a dream. Maybe the tacos you, uh, gave you a dream. Maybe the movie you watched the night before gave you a dream. So even if it happens, there's no way to say whether or not God gave that to him or his own mind thinking about stuff gave that to him. Uh, Felix, I have a feeling you would like to weigh in on this. Yes. Okay. The first thing I'll say is um, I think the time of God giving nations prophecies, I believe that's over. Um, if we read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that in a past time, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But now in these last days, he speaks to us through a son. I'm paraphrasing. But my point is, Jesus speaks said to us through what? We missed that. Speak through, now in the last days, he speaks through what? Through his son. Okay, go ahead. So, so Jesus is the final message. Um, also, Jesus said the, the law and the prophets were until John, John the Baptist. So he's the last of the, that type of prophet that will prophesy to nations. He prophesied to Israel. Jonah prophesied to Nineveh. Um, and so that type of prophecy, that's done. Like the Bible literally says that time is over. Now, the gift of prophecy is to the church, not to the nations. So anybody saying, thus saith the Lord, America is going to happen this or Russia is going to happen that, it's a false prophet. And I said it, and I'm not going to retract. Bye. I agree, Bye. Felix. Well, Bye. Rex, what, what do you think about what do you think about that, uh, Rags, what Felix said? I mean, I can see the argument why, and, and at one level, I can accept it, you know, but I, I, keep, I was actually, Steph was in here, actually Steph's back, I was yeah, in a discussion, yeah, well, I mean, I was just listening to Steph, Steph and Johnny go at it yesterday, and some of this discussion is come from, you know, coming from the, listening to that interaction, because I thought to myself, um, if you're saying God doesn't do that anymore, um, you're saying God doesn't, God changes in the way he does things. Now that could be true, but to close the door completely, like a cessationist says, um, that God doesn't work like that anymore. God doesn't heal. God doesn't, God doesn't give prophecies anymore. So all this is gone and done away with or whatever. You have just closed the door on how, how God can work, you know, and I think, I think that's actually dangerous at one level. Because because you close the door, you've not allowed God to work in a way that he if he chooses to work. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you know, and I understand all the cautionary tales. I, I hear it, and I've been there. I've, you know, I've heard false prophecies, and I've heard all this stuff. But to close the door, absolutely, um, that's probably. But if the Bible, I just want to quote Jesus and say that. I just want to quote Jesus and say that he said it is finished. Well, everything he needed to do is is done. Everything we need to know is is knowable in scriptures. That's all I want yeah, to say. 
I was just well, going to say. I think these are. I, I, yeah. But he also, but he also uh, said, "Greater work you shall do." I mean, the key thing is like, yeah, I do believe that God do give prophecy, but not to add to the, um, the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Not to add to scriptures. Scriptures has been fulfilled. Like the God quoted, you know, in Hebrew um, one, God in Son of Son spoke to the fathers, but in this last days speak to the speak to us through His Son. You know, so um, any prophecy coming is gonna have to come from. Uh, um, the son, and it's not to add to the scriptures. It's not to add to, um, you know, um, um, to the scripture. I won't even say the canon because I don't believe that, you know, um, the people who canonized the scriptures was inspired, you know. So um, even though I do adhere to the um, canon, you know, but I will not say that, you know, um, those was God chosen people for them to um, um, take an ad um, to um, give us the um, six. Six, uh, 66 books, you know. I'm always open, so. Well, can I yeah, just I, respond? I, I hang, hang, well, okay. hang on, I want to respond, if that's all right. Um, but I, I think, Rags, like, you said something earlier that I'd like to, to point back at you. <laughs> you said, you know, if you were given a, a prophecy or something, and you shared it with someone, and their spirit agreed, you know, the Holy Spirit, like, I guess, testifying to them that this is true, you would all agree. I think you're getting really good biblical evidence from Lou and Felix, and we'll see what else he has to say in a minute. But I think you're getting really good biblical evidence that that is what's happening, which is why the overwhelming majority of people believe the canon's closed, because when we all read these scriptures that they're throwing out, um, the Holy Spirit is testifying, and we're agreeing with it, and we all come to the same conclusion, um, you know, which, which is why everyone believes the canon is closed, and there's not prophecies in that sense anymore. Um, that's why, because what you say is happening, um, except for maybe a very different reason. Um, but Felix, uh, yeah, and then I want to go to Prophet yeah, to step. Just, just Felix, to what, respond to whoever it was that responded after me up say, uh, saying that that I would that would be like saying God changes. So God doesn't change uh, his nature, his attributes, none of that changes. But he does change the way he does things. I mean, he dealt with. I mean, Jesus was on earth at one time, and now he's not. So does that mean he's he's no longer the same the same Jesus? You know, you have to you have to take into account that there are there are there are things God just doesn't do anymore. And, and the Bible clearly says that at one time in the past, he spoke to the fathers through the prophets. It says, but now in these last days, see, there was a way he did it back then, but now he does it a different way. So, so to say that I'm saying God changes, it's not really, that's not what I'm saying. That's what you're thinking I'm saying. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, the Bible says like, you know, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. That doesn't mean, like, that's wholly unrelated. That's to the attributes, that's to the character of God himself. But but God can still do different stuff. So that that I mean, by using that scripture, I, I think it was like maybe innocently mis misunderstood. But I mean, you know, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with Felix. But uh, Prophetess Steph has not spoke yet. Um, what do you feel about your? Um, what do you think about all this? I guess do you want to reiterate any discussion you had from yesterday? Oh, um, I'm popping in. I'm trying to catch up. It sounds like we're talking about the gifts and specifically prophecy. Is that right? I have a sneaking suspicion that Rags to Riches wants to say he, correct me if I'm wrong in a minute, Rags, but this is just what I'm surmising that either I don't think you're saying you are a prophet, but I think you would say you may have something that borders on the line of saying you've received prophecies from God, but you hesitate to call that because of all the pushback you're getting in this room for one. So I think that's the discussion Rags would maybe like to say 
he's a prophet or at least receive prophecies. Actually, I'm not doing that because I'm not a prophet. My gift is teaching and my gift is actually, uh, I think, even pastoral. Of course, Lily says this, that's um, But I think but I'm just making it. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to say. But I think that I'm just making the argument that I don't know if we can uh, close the canon. I'm not, and I'm not even wanting to say my prophecy or whatever I'm saying is from God or not. So hang on a second. Let me give you a Like, I really believe that. Re- I mean, you know, looking back and people say, well, you're projecting what we know now based on what we know then. Well, sure. With that caveat, still note that I think it's it's like a direct testament against Islam and Mormonism, who does the very same thing. Where even if people are like, "Yeah, I'm a prophet," but Mormonism and Islam is wrong. I mean, even those people would say, because you know they're they're adding words and Jehovah's Witnesses, like they're adding to and they're taking away because all of them say they believe you know lots of the Bible, but then they'll take away lots and then they'll add lots. And then they'll make their own religion. So every time I, I read that stuff about like, you know, the canon and the clothes, like adding to and taking away, I mean, it's undeniable. The best examples we have are Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Mormonism. Um, anyway, Steph, uh, yeah, that, that was more information than you asked for. Well, okay, that, that gives me some context. Um, I have a couple questions for Rags. So my first one, I think, was you said that you talked about the conversation between me and Johnny yesterday. So I'm wondering because we were talking mostly about whether God loves people and how that works. And so um, I'm wondering how that relates. But then also when you say the canon might not be closed, we're speaking about the actual physical canonized books of the Bible there. Right. Or do you mean something else? Mm-hmm. That. Well, that's that. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of unusual place. I guess the, your your conversation the Johnny was on the back of another conversation. So, and I'm sorry if I slumped you in with both conversations, but Johnny's a cessationist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny's a cessationist, which means God doesn't heal, doesn't do prophecy anymore, doesn't do anything. It's all gone, you know, and I'm going like, that seems problematic to me, you know, so you're saying God can't speak, God can't move, God can't, you know, so why do we even pray for the sick? You know, Um, and I'd be... Let this me just sorry, issue, but, sorry, Rex. Let me just throw but, something in there. Like, I, I know cessationists would not say that because constantly they say that's not what they mean. They just mean there's no specific anointing on one like individual people that they can go be like silver and gold have I none? Stand up and walk, and you too, and you see, and you be healed. Like they don't believe that's a thing, but they totally believe that you know we can pray for people, and it's God's discretion Himself whether or not He will heal. So I mean, just just to be accurate, right? Like I'm I'm coming at this pretty neutral, but I I know that that's that's what they would say is all these gifts are still active and working, but there's not specific people that like Elijah or Elisha, like, you know, the anointing of God follows them around. But if people pray, like, you know, bring people to church, pointing people, you know, if they prayed for people before and watch them get healed, great. But that's a God thing, not a them thing. Well, I mean, even, well, this uh, hyper thing with Johnny was even saying he doesn't even pray for healing. I mean, I'm like, are you that's, about Johnny Haas? I mean, is that that guy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's a bit of a so, unicorn. I don't. I, I think um, you know even the sensationist will be like, no, nah, that guy's that guy is too far. And I've never met him. I just know he's. Everyone seems to say he's like incredibly extreme. So I mean that may be like a one in a ten thousand you'll find. Well, here let me let me find the balance because I'm always thinking God's always trying to let me find the balance. Um, I think either you know the God doesn't speak at the level. This is the hyper side. God doesn't speak at all and doesn't speak to anybody. And if he does speak, it's not the same. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm talking about so far to that side that 
God doesn't speak anymore and it's only the Bible. <laughs> okay. And then you have the other side of the, the pendulum where it means anything's, anything goes, anything's wide open, anything can happen. You know, but if God wants to change his mind, he can change his mind. You know, that's, that's the two extremes. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to find the balance, which means I don't want to show is the, you know, I've thought about this a lot over the years. I've been a Christian for 30 some years and I, I have a hard time saying it's absolutely closed, you know, cause I have a hard time with that. Cause if God speaks, that's the word of God. You know what I mean? You ha- and then you have to say, well, it's not the same level, but it's still the word of God. I if God speaks to me. So I can't, you can't part, you kind of parse it out, but I can't. Okay. If God speaks in, in the Bible and God speaks to me directly, that's both the word of God. Anyway. Okay. So I understand now why you were talking about the conversation with Johnny, because I did hear that where you were making the argument that exactly that, that when you've heard God speak to you, that's the word of God and it should hold the same level of canon. And then Johnny's rebuttal to you was, yeah, but lots of people say that and then they say nonsense. So like, how do you, so Rags, do you feel like the... Yeah, this is tricky. Do you feel like the, if God gives you, now I should say this, God has never spoken to me. (laughs) I have never heard it. You know, I have, I have never, I have seen, it's always in retrospect for me where I see things unfold and then I'm like, oh my gosh, God worked that together against all odds, despite my own idiocy and despite, yeah, like that's always, I always see, and then I get into this mood of praise, like, oh my gosh, Lord, I can't believe that you did that for me. Thank you so much. And whatever it is, like, you know, I've been we were actually studying this exact topic, me and Mars and Jeremy and Brad yesterday. We've been talking about it a lot with healing. And my son has a condition that he has been largely healed from. And I was struggling with, you know, and Dee, we were talking about you yesterday too, because you said that issue with your son and you had this concern that what would happen to your faith if healing didn't come. And I'd never prayed for healing for him, but he was healed anyway. Uh, uh, you know, he still has a long way to go, but there. so anyway, all the point is, I always see this in retrospect. God never said to me like, oh yeah, your son is going to be healed, but then there's going to be this other thing or, oh, I have this word for this person. Um, I, so what, if that happens, so I should say where I'm coming from is a, a place of suspicion because I don't have experience with it. Rags, when it happens to you, if the Lord has a word for you in whatever form that takes or however that looks, do you personally put that on the same level as scripture? And then do you expect others to also obey what was given to you. Well, well, let's 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 parse that out even from the scripture itself. Okay, it seems to bear out within scripture that God can speak different things to different people, and they apply differently. And one of my best examples off the top of my head is Samson. You know, he was commanded to, in a sense, go into the. Um, um, I never can think of the term. Is it the Nazarite vow or something? What you may can help me, but. You know, he was said, don't do this. You know, all these things he was not supposed to do. All those commands applied to him. It did not apply to the people around him. Right. Or you can say the Gentiles, you know, when the Gentiles are coming into the church, the church says, well, you know, and I know we can get in and parse this out, but they kind of made a distinction. The Gentiles shouldn't do the same things that the Jews do because they're they're in a different place. You know, they're different places. And I even think that can apply in a general sense to me. Some, some things that God speaks to me about may not apply to you or might apply to anybody else because it's my circumstance. It's me. Right. So to apply it in that way, I don't think now if there's a general principle, then I think it potentially could apply to everybody. But when there's like, I'll I'll give you an example just happened since I came on clubhouse and you can argue whether this is the word of the Lord or not, 
but um, I came in hot and she got my butt handed to me in clubhouse. And I was like, I was trying to jump into things that I had no, no business being in. And I literally felt like I heard a word say, stay in your wheelhouse. You know, you can say, is that from my mind or is that from the, the Holy Spirit? Well, I thought, well, I'm going to just listen to that. And so I did. And now that I've been standing in my wheelhouse, I've had good conversations. And it's almost like I think that would be like you, you could say retrospectively, you could say that could have been from the Lord because I've seen, you know, I obeyed and I saw it and I followed in, in line to it, you know, so. Yeah, right. Rags, I agree with that. Like, I think I think people like lots of people would say similar stuff has happened all lots of them. And is it coincidence? Is it their own mind? Is it God? Doesn't matter. But let's just say it's God. If God's doing that, lots of people would agree. And I'd say, yeah, sure. And if they're like, you're a prophet, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, how do you get that? I'm like, yes, I believe, you know, God lives with us. God, you know, urges us, nudges, convicts us, pulls on our conscience, things like that. People colloquially will say, speaks to me. But I, most times that's what that means. There's very few that will be like, God talked to me audibly. When they do, I take a big step back from that person. But yeah, I would say that that happens a lot to lots of people. Um, but I, but we wouldn't say prophecy at all. We, like, we would never say that's a prophecy. Can I just say or something real quick? Question. Well, that's not necessarily a prophecy, though. Wait, wait. The question that I would have real quick is that, is that what Rags is calling canon? Th that phenomenon he just described. And then I want to hear it. No, I'm not calling it canon. And and I'll, and I, you, you weren't in here for the, some of the things I said. But are you calling I do prophecy? think we had, no, because it wasn't a prophecy. It was a command. For, it, you say, you could almost say it was a command. God said, stay in your wheelhouse. That's not a prophecy. It's not telling me if you do X, Y, and Z, this is going to happen or, the future it's like it's a it's just a command okay hold on of course this happened well, can i, can I make a quick comment real quick then. uh yeah Felix. no i was just gonna say i think that the problem is that people conflate the gift of prophecy given to the church and the ministry of the prophets of old it's not the same thing and so people think it's the same thing that's why they keep hearkening back to the old testament we need to get out of the old testament as far as how we, um, you know, the Old Testament is not how, like, that's not church doctrine per se. Like, a lot of things that happen, yes, we see some, you know, there's doctrine there. But when it comes to this prophecy thing, Jesus said himself, the law and the prophets were until John. That's the last of that type of prophecy. They'll say at the Lord type of prophet, John was the last one. That's what, that's the words of Jesus, man. I can't go again. I mean, I well, agree I with you there. And, and... <laughs> Well, well, hang on. I want to see what Earl had to say. They've been waiting patiently, but real quick, Steph, <laughs> um, you, you may be wondering where Chris and Michael are. They'll probably deny it, and who knows? Maybe it's coincidence. But uh, remember that message you sent earlier in Discord about how I uh, how yes. I, I had to yeah. bite my tongue. Well, I more than made up for it. I, I went on a oh, <laughs> on a very extreme pro-Trump rant earlier, and I think Chris and Michael both pieced out. Anyways, um, I just wanted to check in with Earl real fast. Earl, what's up? Did you have anything to say or question or comment? We're talking about I'm back. Oh, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was staring at your profile picture the whole time I said that. I apologize. I'm like, I hope it wasn't the politics that ran you off. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I, I tend to agree with uh, J.I. Packer. Uh, he said, if their private revelations agree with scripture, they are needless. And if they disagree, they are false. And uh, I, I think the way that we understand it, I'm not, I, I wouldn't refer to myself as a cessationist or a continuationist. I think um, 
I think it's not. I don't think it's possible to honestly arrive at either one of those views, uh, because both of those views are rather extreme. I think one assumes too much, and the other one um, doesn't uh, presupposes doesn't presuppose enough, and uh, and so um, it's quite clear that God sovereignly does. Um, the supernatural, miraculous, and all of these different things. I think um, it's. I think one of the issues is is that what people are calling gifts of the spirit is the problem. I, I don't think there's an issue that gifts exist in the church like prophecy. I just think that what people are calling prophecy is not. So they are. Um, uh, it's a case of mistaken identity where um, they are attributing um, to essentially false charismata counterfeits the authentic uh, uh, charismata. They're, they're attributing or crediting uh, to uh, counterfeit gifts the, uh, the notion of authentic gifts. And so I think that's really where a lot of the problem is. And uh, the way that Paul described prophecy um, not that prophecy can't have a uh, predictive element to it, but the way that he he describes prophecy is more of a a spiritual utterance that is um, that is in line with what Scripture is saying. The way that he described it too, he talked about how it um, it, it it works towards edification, exhortation, and and comfort. So these are the outcomes of it. But that works right in line with what, what, what Scripture does. And so prophecy from a uh, Pauline standpoint is not necessarily predictive utterance, uh, but spiritual utterance, which, 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 which could include uh, the teaching and preaching of, of, of the Word of God or encouraging words that are spontaneously led of the Spirit. It's not so much the idea that the person is is giving some private um, predictive kind of uh, message to someone. Uh, yay, in seven days, there's going to be a turnaround in your life and these kinds of things. I think those are the things that we have been crediting as prophecy. But in I reality, agree. Yeah. yeah, Earl, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, I think a lot of it is mischaracterization. Um, and now we have Chris back. So, uh, Rags, if you want to be called a heretic, hang on one second. Um, Chris, I was saying, I, I was telling Steph, I hope Chris and Michael, the uh, political conversation at one isn't what made you guys take off, but I'm glad you're back. Um, so now we have an even better conversation. Uh, Chris, without being led, um, what is your take on, I, I mean, you can't just say no. Uh, so what, what's your take on like modern day prophecies? Is the biblical canon closed? Is there ever a time that there would be a prophecy so good or so universal that you would need to write an extra book in scripture. Um, can, can you just give a general kind of overview of all that stuff? Um, can I just say whatever Uncle Earl said I 100% agree with? Okay, yeah, I'll say that too. Okay, yeah. And, and Steph said that too. That's shorthand. So, I mean, long, longer form <laughs> is that, you know, the, the canon is closed. Um, I have what's called, and Earl has what's called, a high view of Scripture, 
right? So, and I'm not trying to speak for Earl. He's a grown man. He can speak for himself, and he's more educated than I am. But, you know, I think he would also say that he has what's called a high view of Scripture. That is, that the Scripture itself is our final authority for life and godliness. That 2 Timothy 3.16 is true, that everything that is written in the Word of God is sufficient for running and governing our lives and for exhortation and training in righteousness, etc. So I don't know how much more I could add to that. I know that Rags and I talked yesterday about this a little bit, and we had a really good conversation. Um, and I commended God Doesn't Whisper by Jim Osmond and sent him the link. And, um, you know, I think we could have a really good discussion around that particular book if we wanted to delve into the details at some point. And at what point would you say the, uh, like, how, how do we know the canon is closed? Like, at what point? Because, you know, I, I always think of the Revelation verse, but would you say that's not the best case to make because that's talking about the specific stuff in Revelation, not the entire Bible that would be canonized later? Like, I mean, you know, at what point was it just randomly people were like, well, we haven't had any new uh, thing that would go into a book in, you know, a couple centuries, so we just may as well say there was nothing else going to be in this book. Um, and it just kind of happened, or was there a date in, like, some crusty council that's like, there shall be no more canonization. I mean, they, they did do that in the Council of Hippo, but that's not why. Um, but the, the, the argument for the closing of the canon is because the last apostle died. And so the, the canon was written by the apostles or the close associates of the apostles, uh, i.e. Luke, Mark. Um, you've got two of the Gospels written by apostles. Um, you know, you've got the Petering epistles, you've got the Johnine epistles, you've got the Pauline epistles. You know, these guys were all apostles. Jude was the brother of Jesus. James was the brother of Jesus. So we have we have very specific deposit of faith left by the apostles and their close associates. And the early church's job was not to declare the canon. It was to, to it was to look at all of the books. There were hundreds of books. It was to look at, or not books, but letters, essentially, and, and other forms of writing, apocryphal or uh, uh, apocalyptic and, and that kind of thing. Um, it was to look at all of these and determine what, with a, with a set of strictures that they had in terms of its provenance, in terms of its theology, that it agrees. There was a whole bunch of strictures that they had set to try to discover what the canon actually is. And so... By around 250, it was pretty much settled, the 27 books of the New Testament. Now, they batted them around a little bit, and they disagreed here and there, but it wasn't disagreeing to put more in. It was disagreeing to take more out. So the the 27 that we have, we are confident that those are the Word of God. Um, and the other ones that could have gone in, we are pretty confident that they're now, we're now confident they were, that they made the right choices, that they're pseudepigrapha, or they are, you know, forgeries of some kind, etc. So I think that we can be confident that we have a closed canon, that the apostles or close associates of the apostles are the only ones who are writing scripture, and they're backing that up with miracle power at will, which is wholly and completely different from what we see today. We don't see Benny Hinn able to just raise the dead at will. Like, he can't go to the morgue and just raise everybody there. Like, and I think that's not a, a thing. The apostles had that power. Well, I think that's a pretty good point, too, about the, like, pseudepigrapha and, you know, the, the other stuff. Like, there's no way at the time they would have had, like, forensic analysis and stuff that we do now. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, and I 
stand by it, that, you know, it's by faith, you know, we believe whatever the canon is, is the canon we're supposed to have. And even though it seems like men were toiling back and forth and all this other stuff doing it, you know, ultimately God's hand was in it. Don't call me Calvin a snake. Uh, God's hand was in it. And what God wanted done is what got done. And like Chris said, now it's like, well, we're even more confident that these are legit works and this should be the canon. And these other things that, you know, were considered maybe for a time definitely should not have been. And that would have been like a blemish on Christianity if some of these books from like the pseudepigrapher were in there, because now we see how messed up and wrong and like frauds they are um, or just irrelevant, but like specifically the fraudulent ones. Um, and is it just a random coincidence that like all the ones that are like authenticated and legit are in the Bible and the ones that are like, you know, sketchy and now thousands of years later, like demonstrably proven, like through forensics or whatever, like frauds or, or something like that. Um, is it just coincidence or is it divine? You know, I'll, I'll pick the divine one because there's just no way they could have known that stuff. Well, so I still have a question about regs. Regs, when you say the canon isn't closed, what do you mean? Because well, it sounds like. Well, I think the biggest thing is I was listening to Chris discuss. I'm like, well, what if God started doing that all over again? What if God raised up the apostles now in this area and they were doing these miracles? They were doing miracles on command. They were preaching. I mean, would we have to reevaluate or is God will never do that again? That cannot happen again. And I'm not making the argument like I'm going to go out and do this. But please finished. don't think that's what I'm after. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. is could God do that again? If you say no, then give me the reason why God would never. The apostles were foundational. They only need it once. They're the foundation. You don't need another foundation. Right. And during Christ's lifetime, we were told it's finished. Not just Christ's work on the cross, but that that's it. That's it. It's been two thousand years of of silence since then. Right. We have church fathers and other things, but they. Yeah. So, so why would he, and I guess it's just an interesting hypothetical, but it's almost like, well, what if he just decided that he was done with all of us and he rained meteors down tomorrow? I guess we'd worry about it then. You know what I mean? Like if I saw someone, if I saw someone on television today who said that they were claiming to be an apostle and right on TV, I saw a miracle happen where someone was raised from the dead. I'd be like, that is Satan. And I would turn the TV off. I could no, and, and, and honestly, with you harder. And I, and I honestly, I'm more on your side than you realize. Um, I'm just say, I've, I've, I know it was a scripture said, uh, avoid all extremes. <laughs> um, and I would question anybody that performed a miracle in front of me or, or claimed to perform a miracle. I mean, I'm, I mean, atheists don't think we're skeptical, but I think we're probably more skeptical than they give us credit for. And I would be in your camp. I'd probably say, are we, are we sure we want to trust that? I mean, I, I get that, but I just at the same time don't want to close the door completely. You know, and I think that's the, well, I want to hold that intention. But logically it has to be closed because of Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scripture is God breathed and, you know, is the rule of faith, right? If we were to say, hey, by the way, this new guy is writing a new book and Second Timothy 3, 16 is now no longer true because for 2000 years we didn't have this other book, we would have a serious problem with the truth of Christianity. Well, let, let's evaluate. Sorry, let's evaluate that. Was the New Test Testament finalized when Paul wrote that? Uh, no. So we believe that uh, again that the 
the scripture was, you know, he was writing the last of that scripture. I believe the only books that would have come after that are going to be the, the Johnian epistles and Revelation and perhaps Second Peter. Um, but okay. the, the timing on that is disputed. But that being said, again, there were no other scriptures for 2,000 years after those apostles had penned their final words. Well, I mean, right. So, then, okay, let's go back. Okay, so Paul was actually, when Paul speaks of Scripture, he's talking of the Old Testament. But according to Paul, the, the Old Testament was finalized at, Malachi, at the end of the last prophet. And there was 400 years of silence, no new prophecy, and then John the Baptist appears. Now, if you're making an argument from silence, then how can we even make the argument that the New Testament is valid? And that's the only argument I'm making. So if you're going to make, so yeah, God can go 2,000 years. Si well, th there's what now? Sorry. That's a that's a Roman Catholic argument, actually. Um, well, I mean, so, but is well, the question is, is it a valid argument? Right? You're saying it's not valid. No, so it's not. I'm saying it's not a valid argument because Paul considered the Gospels to be Scripture. He quotes Luke, okay, as Scripture. So um, Paul would have early copies of the Lukean epistle. Or I'm sorry, the Lukean writings. So he would have had in his possession. Um, copies of at least the Gospel of Luke and probably parts of Acts um, in 62 when he's writing 2 Timothy. Um, he certainly would have had access to other um, apostolic writings as well, and he would have considered those scripture as well because they are being attested to by um, you know the other apostles as well as sorry, um, he would have also had access to the New Testament prophets who are speaking in lieu of the canon the direct words of God like Agabus and people like that and so in the daughters of I don't remember the chick's name or the dude's name the, the daughters in Acts and I think it's Acts 18 or 19 um, like all of these people were speaking the direct words of God he would have considered those to be authoritative but they wouldn't have been scripture because they're not written down. But what he's saying is everything is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. He's not just referring to the Old Testament because we know for a fact that before he wrote that, he quoted other parts of the New Testament as scripture. Okay, that's fine. I mean, but even then, you, you just said that John was not even penned yet, or Revelation was not even penned yet. So you'd have to say that, okay... When he, when Paul died, and then John later wrote, or some some interim, Paul in, encompassed Revelation into that. But of course, then you're saying it is the apostles validating the, the things that are scripture. So even when Paul yeah. penned that, he would say, "Okay, I'm I'm talking about everything that I know up to this point, but this would also apply to everything that would happen after me." He's saying all scripture is God breathed. Now he's not defining what those scriptures are which is the Roman Catholic argument that he's making a definition of only the Old Testament scriptures and that the church is the one who attests to the fact of the validity of the New Testament scriptures. And so what you ask Roman Catholics at that point is, was um, the book of Revelation, when it came out of the pen of John the Revelator, was, was that scripture at that point? They would say no. They would say that it was then like uh, retconned into being scripture by being declared scripture at a council. 
seriously. That's their point. That's their, that's their, because they're going from that. There is no definition of the canon in scripture. Therefore, you need an outside authority over scripture to declare what scripture is. We say that scripture is self-attesting based on its provenance and the other, um, the other strictures that the apostles laid out for what scripture is. Okay, so I mean, the, well, I mean, if you quote that to say that that also applies to John, right? Would you say that you're, when you're quoting Timothy, you're applying that scripture to John's revelation? Absolutely, because it says all scripture okay. is God breathed. It doesn't mean that some scripture is God breathed or only the scripture that I know about. It means all scripture is God breathed. And then we look at what is the corpus of scripture. So then when we look at what is the corpus of Scripture and what is not Scripture, we have a valid and a enduring standard for what is Scripture and what is not. So what, what makes something Scripture? Let's, let's talk about that. So again, there were, there were strictures built into the early church in terms of how we were to discover what Scripture was. The first one was its provenance, right? So what what is the what is the source of this particular writing? Like who did it? Do we know? Do we have copies of it? Uh, what you know? Who is attesting to it? Um, does it agree with all of the other theology throughout the New Testament? Is it something completely different? Um, there's there's a whole bunch of I think there was like six different tests that the early church had for discovering what was scripture and what wasn't. And the reason that things like the Shepherd of Hermas, which was enormously popular, was not considered scripture is that it broke a couple of those, right? It, it introduced a different idea of justification, for instance, from the Pauline idea of justification. Okay, I'm gonna have to go for just a second. You guys can discuss and I'll listen, but I'll have to go for it. It seems like the part that Rags might be missing a little bit is that everything that was canonized in the New Testament, in addition to the criteria that were also required for the Old Testament that Chris mentioned, the provenance that it can't uh, conflict with history, it must be reliable, the the person writing it, um, I think there was even like the person writing it has to have some um, understanding that they might not have otherwise had, like some, uh, you know, someone in this location is writing about something at that location and then it's correct. So we can say, okay, that was, that was divinely inspired because there's no way that person could have known that like these, these sort of elements go in. But then the part that Reg seems to be missing is that when it comes to the new Testament, everyone like Chris, are there any authors of the new Testament that didn't have direct access to Christ, like direct relationship with Christ? And we would count Paul in that. So all of the writers had Luke. We don't know. Luke would have been one of the 70 is the, is the theory there. Okay, so, so Luke may have been one of the, we don't know. Um, Mark, you know, certainly was a contemporary of Paul and Barnabas and is mentioned in the scripture. Um, you know, so the answer to your question, Steph, is we don't directly know. Like, we don't know if they had actually met the person of Jesus while he was on earth do know that they are being extremely careful in their scholarship about Jesus, but we don't actually, and they were close associates and known to the apostles, 
but we don't know their actual experience with the risen Christ. Okay, so for Luke and Hebrews, that's the case, and is there anybody else? Probably Mark. We think maybe Mark was one of the 70, but we don't know how old he was. Same for, same. Okay, so we have a few that have to rely on something else, but largely the central criteria for canonization in the New Testament has something to do with Christ, right? So so when Rags is asking, like, oh, he's back. So Rags, when, when you're asking, like, why couldn't this same thing occur today? Well, because we are, because it ended with Christ, right? So the furthest, like Hebrews is the one that is a question mark. So then everyone in the New Testament has some, like, what do you call that uh, removal, like a first removal to Christ where within that first ring of influence, right? And so today we are so far removed. There has been so much sense. So you asked, like, you asked Chris, what makes the gap between the Old and New Testament any different from today? Like, why couldn't there just be a gap between the Second Testament and the Third Testament? I think that's what I understood. If there were to be a Third Testament, like, then we'd have one, two, three, with this 400-year gap between the first two and a 2,000-year gap between the second two. And I think that's what you were asking, Chris. But we are so far removed from Christ at this point. And on top of that, we've been told that it's closed, that we're done here. Um, It would just be, like, I personally would be incredibly suspicious of anyone to the point of running the other direction if I heard that claim made. So I guess I'm still curious, like why you think that there could be a third Testament. Because Joseph Smith said so. No. no. What was that moderator, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but honestly, I mean, like if, if we're being taught, I mean, obviously like one minute, like if you, you can't find a, you can't find a better example of a man-made religion than Mormonism. Um, like it's just, just so completely, obviously made up whole cloth. Um, but Mormons believe that the book of Mormon is another Testament of Jesus Christ. Right. So it like, just, you know, like, yeah, of course they're full of it, but not according to them. Well, but okay, and I kind of already, Mormon oh, would, I kind of already, real quick. Just responding to Michael, because I know that you're going to continue it. Michael, none of the Book of Mormon would fit the criteria of canonization. Like, we are so far out of the realm of talking about, like, there's just no... I think what Rags is describing is something that seems reputable, that seems to fit in with the criteria of canonization we have. The Book of Mormon is so wildly, ridiculously outside of canonical uh, criterion that we can't even... It's just not... Not in the same atmosphere. It would have been not. like the Gnosticopographer, not, not like Gnosticopigrapher. <laughs> just put all of the words together, and that would be maybe what that is. Yeah, no, I was just, a, I was, a, you know, <laughs> Nate gave me the, Nate gave me the bean, and I was abusing it. That's all. I approve. Oh, oh, oh. that. No, Nate, yeah. I made Chris a mod too. I guess I was just spilling froggy. Sorry, sorry, I, I can only be on. Oh, sorry, I had Is to go. I'm going to have to go. Probably. LSF, what do you have to say? Oh, wait, we didn't let Rags answer the question why he believes there could be a. Oh, I thought he said he had to go or something. Well, I am. I'm, I want to try to respond. I had my, my wife call oh, me. Sure. I do have to go. I'm, I'm going to have to go probably a lot longer this time. So um, I'm not saying that there needs to be a third testament. Okay, first of all, it's not necessarily what I'm saying. And if you, the original premise of the discussion is, you know, the, usually the argument is the Bible's the final, final say, which I agree because it is the standard. 
but if God speaks to me directly, then it's then it's between me and him. And that could be just as valid and just as strong as the scripture itself, as long as it doesn't contradict it. Right. To go back, I already addressed the Book of Mormon, just to make a caveat. There's claims about the nature of God and who Christ is that blatantly contradicts what we know about God and who Jesus is. So that automatically parses out with, you know, throw it in the rubbish heap. Same with the book, same with the Muslim and even same with the Job Witnesses or any other cult. When they change the nature of God and who he is and who Christ is, let it be anathema, as I would say. But um, and really the argument I'm making is I just don't know if we can absolutely say 100% certain, this is, I'm going to leave it with this, that we can never say absolutely God will never do it this way ever again. And that's my argument. And I'm not saying we accept everything that comes down the pike, not accept every miracle. And I'm not saying that either. So I'll let you guys respond to me and then I'll go. Yes, I believe the world will end first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris. I mean, I get you. I get, I get the argument. You know, I'm not, I'm not against the argument, but what I would say is that we do know, given the scripture that we do have the character and nature of God. And when he tells us that he has given us everything for life and godliness, either he's telling the truth or he is a liar and none of it is true. It's a binary. Either we have everything we need for life and godliness in the scripture or God is a liar and we can all turn off the lights and go home and join Michael at the next snake spot meet. Cool. I mean, those are those are pretty much our choices. All right, LSF, what's up, man? <laughs> Just thinking then. Um, so, so Q source. What if Q source document turned up? A what? Q source, Q source is a theory the Q by document? Yeah, I mean, what if it turns up? I mean, would it be a fragment of Mark and then we're claiming it's Q? Like, what would the nature of Q source be? Like, what would it look like? Well, we don't know, do we? But that would surely get canonized if that came up. Well, no, what's a Q source? Save me the Google search. No. So, there's a theory in liberal. Um, uh, theology that the there was originally a source for all of the synoptic gospels that we have lost and that is called the Q source and so this was written early and then the other gospels were written whatever 150 years later and they use Q as the source and that we don't have a direct eyewitness testimony but we're going to hedge a little bit and say well, the reason that the Gospels can be so accurate in terms of um, geography that, that went away after like 60 AD um, is because they were using an ancient source that told them a lot of those facts, but that the Gospels were still embellished and written by as pseudepigrapha or forgeries um, in the 150s, 180s, 190s, because they used this Q source. And, and it's purely an argument from literature. It's not an argument from any evidence. The evidence is that there are um, some phrases in the Greek that are quite similar in three in the three synoptic gospels. And so linguists, like liberal theologian linguists, posit that they all had to have had a common source instead of what everybody who's a Greek linguist thought for 
2,000 years is that they were just using Hebrew idioms that were translated into Greek. Go figure. Yeah, but there's way too much. Uh, the bits that are the same, there's, there's they 16, are exactly the same. There's, there's 16 that are not quite exactly the same, but are quite similar. 16. Yeah, like too seven. similar to uh, be. I mean, but you know, written, uh, I mean, look, the, the, the idea of Q is not accepted by the majority of conservative scholars. It is accepted only by liberal theologians. You know, maybe Earl can talk a little bit more about that. I have to go see a client, so I hope you guys are still here when I. See you later, Chris. Chris should just quit his job. Right? I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm no one to talk. I'm not doing anything even remotely constructive today. Uh, I took the day off because it's my wife's birthday. So I'm just running around like a proverbial with my head cut off trying to do all of the organizing things for that. Oh, did Clubhouse glitch? No, 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 no. I'm just pondering. I'm no. I'm wondering how yes, Clark, we have an atheist mod and ask a Christian. Boohoo. So sad. Anyway, I'm wondering how like I'm he's gone, so I don't want to keep mentioning his name, but I'm wondering how someone can like say, well, the the word of God that I get is on the same level as scripture. I keep coming back to this. And I'm, I'm struggling with this because as I was telling a couple of the guys, a couple of the brothers yesterday, like Brad and I were talking about this. I have this like intense lack of trust in my own judgment of things. So if the Lord spoke to me, if I heard an audible word from the Lord, I honestly think I would rush to the hospital first and I would want to rule out any and all natural causes. I would want a full psych eval before I was like, oh, wow, the Lord spoke to me. And when people have a mindset other than that, where they're like, oh yeah, the Lord talks to me and I heard it audibly. And then I, you know, and then I did this thing or I told this other person and I based everything off of this. I'm just like, oh my God, I don't understand. I don't know. So it's really bizarre for me to hear somebody say that they would put audible words that they've heard from God on the same level as scripture. That's just so outside of my. But I think that, I think what it is, is like people, you know, and we've talked about this before, right? It's like people, you know, become convinced of a thing. And like Steph, you know, you know, like we've talked about this before and I'm right alongside you, right? If I start hearing voices, uh, I'm consulting with colleagues and I'm, I'm going to a, you know, a safe space for the night. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, people become, you know, convinced for whatever, you know, reason convinces them, right? And I think like if... To the person that has, and I've said this before, but to the person that has a personal experience, you're not going to find better evidence for that person, right? So um, while I, I agree that um, it's probably not real, um, it, it, you know, it's... Uh, it, it, it's hard. I'm, I'm really trying. I've got my... Nate, I've got my hat of charitability plus 10 on right now. Um, you know, because... There, there's so much else kind of wrapped up in it, right? But I think that, I think I also agree with you. Like if I put my Christian hat back on for a second, I think I also agree that if someone is taking something that they believe they heard from the God they believe in and putting it on the same level as the Bible, 
I don't know. I'd want to, like, again, with my Christian hat on, I'd want to believe them. But I would also, I would also kind of, I don't know if warn them is the right word, caution them to maybe um, be careful about putting, you know, because you know, if you look at the Bible, you know, like a red letter Bible, right, where all the words Jesus said are in red, right, obviously. Um, if, if you're going to put something else on that same level, I don't want to say heresy, right? Because it's still like they're still believing it's God, right? And they're, you know, working through this process in their head. But I think I would still caution them um, because it could, if nothing else, I think something that it could do, and again, with my Christian hat on, is, you know, you start telling enough people that, and my worry would be, again, if I still believed, is that people start going to them and saying, hey, what do you think God would say about this, rather than as a Christian going to the Bible and then praying about it, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. Um, Yeah, I just struggle with it. I'm just so hesitant. And, you know, I guess the thing is that I've heard people say this, that I trust, right? Like, oh, well, then, then the Lord told me this or the Spirit told me this. And I think I always take it in the context, like, okay, is that for you, right? Like if, if the Lord, it's something I've never said or never experienced, but if the Lord told me, like one thing I was praying over a lot was which college I should go to, right? I had this really super liberal arts school and then I had this Christian school that didn't have my major and the Christians go, you know, so I had to, I was deciding between the two cultures of the school and then also about my career path and I'm praying, 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 praying over this. And I felt at the end, I felt peace about the decision to choose the school that I did. Um, which was not the Christian school and major in art. I never had like an audible word, but I felt like, okay, this is a peaceful. So would I word that as like, well, the Lord told me to pick purchase or do it. Would I say that as like later? I felt, I don't know. I, so I've heard people I trust say, well, the Lord told me this and then this happened and I don't discount that. Um, but when someone says, sorry, I got a call. When someone says the Lord told me X, and now it is on the same level as canon. I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> like, I don't know. The two yes. seem very different. Yeah, I think I get it. There was a time where okay. I would have said yeah. that I felt, quote, unquote, guided. But I also would, like, stand beside you, Steph, and say, I never, I never believed that I heard an audible voice either. Right? Um, but, but I think, and I think you're saying the same thing as me is that there was a time where I would have said that I felt guided. Um, and, and, but, and it's interesting how, how instantly when you, when you take out, I heard God say to me and you, you insert, I felt guided too, like it almost immediately in my head, it says a different thing about the person I'm talking to. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, so you, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one to be honest. Um, because whenever I, I would want to stand with uh, the Bible as <clears throat> a certain standard, uh, uh, for Christians, but thinking about this, uh, and I'm really gonna kind of ignore the, um, beliefs, uh, that, um, what's his name? Uh, forgotten the other guy who went to see a client. Normally, he oh, says Chris. some stuff yeah. regarding. Right. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, he says some stuff. Yeah, regarding. Um, it's final. Final. It's final. It's done. Yeah, it, true. It is final. It's done. But who? Paul, Peter, and the rest. When they were writing, they did 
to some uh, to I'll say a very large extent did hear the voice of God, a voice of Jesus, and they wrote down. And if we are supposed to be Christians like, or even uh, strong Christians like them, uh, why can't we still hear God's voice directly? It and it's it's somehow it makes a it's kind of a funny funny uh, line to to. Because to be honest, again, the reason why it makes sense to me that you can still hear God today is because even in the Bible, the Bible says in in First Timothy, I think three says that the Church of the Living God is the pillar of truth, like and the pillar and foundation of truth. So it's the church that did write the church wrote the Bible, and they wrote the Bible from the voice of God that they heard. Each member of the church, Peter, Paul, uh, and James, and the rest. Yeah, so that, that so I feel there's no. They never said somewhere in the Bible that uh, now this is the final mark. After this day, no other person can hear the voice of the Lord, and that should be uh, uh, something to live by. For example, we have some people who are mentioned in the Bible, like Clement of Rome and the rest, who uh, the, their words are not in the Bible, but their words are taken to be uh, yeah some good form of uh of i'll say insp- inspiration uh, from god yeah so that's that's just uh so it's a very thin line to just cross that uh say from this point no other person can hear from god yeah i think god still speaks to people but we should still be careful that's the thing you should still be careful and just judge everything with the uh the lens of jesus that's how i see it to be honest Thanks for keeping the conversation going. I was giving my dog a bath. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think we were talking about the difference between prophecy and, you know, private revelations or, or listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, the discernment and those kinds of things. So there's a difference what we're talking about. The canon of scripture, I think we can all agree God has told us exactly what he wants us to know. Uh, It is profitable in all things in our life. And so it's not something that we need an extra revelation from God, but we can all hear his voice through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And like I said earlier, you know, I think a lot of this is to spur us to go out and disciple all nations and call them to Christ. I think that's what the calling is. Do you guys mind if I just tell you a little bit of a story and you guys can look it up yourself? But Nabil Qureshi was probably one of, I think, the most inspirational. You know, a Muslim uh, ended up coming to Christ through David Wood, but he had a dream. And, you know, in the dream, he was outside, there was a long hallway. And at the end of the hallway was this banquet table. And this was while he was still a Muslim. And in this dream, he walked down this long hallway and David was several up ahead of him. And he was calling to his friend, David, David. And David turned and looked and said, you can, you know, you're not going to be able to attend, you know. And he woke up from this dream and he opened up his Bible and saw what was written in scripture about the banquet feast and it really spoke to him. It took him a long, little longer, but he finally recognized 
what God was telling him, you know, what Christ was telling him is that he cannot come to the banquet feast, you know, because he didn't accept Christ. And this was his turning point. And so God brings these things, you know, to us through the Holy Spirit for our own sanctification, our own coming and drawing to Christ. Um, and then Nabil, you know, went on his tour with, you know, RZIM and ministering to Muslims, uh, teaching, and then he got cancer. He got stomach cancer. And by the time it was discovered, it was stage four. But even on his deathbed, he was filming and ministering to people. I pray that God heals me. I pray that he has, you know, more need for me here. But if it be his will, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I think this is, you know, just tells a story of how God speaks to us now, not necessarily in new revelations or new prophecies to be spread and told and that kind of thing, but for drawing us to him. And that's, I just want to leave it there. Well, I agree. And I remember, I remember Nabil, I, I talked to him a few times and yeah, I remember, I remember all of that. Um, I guess that's all I had to say, but I mean, I think, I'll, I guess not. A lot of it is like, is esoteric what's the what's the a different way to say that word like esotericism or where you know you have to be like part of the club like this the group of people who understand it and if you're not everything is just much more difficult for you so i mean you know if if you're like i i mean i was like kind of like raised this way so i don't know what it's like i would imagine having a hard time finding you know the difference between god talk to me and audibly or you know in my mind or whatever sorry um, if, if this wasn't my world or if I didn't have experience in it, but it just seems difficult for me to, to get why there's so much trouble around it. It's like, look, the canon is closed for all the reasons that everyone said for the last hour. And then it's like prophecy is not the same level as, and uh, you know, you need to add canon. If it was, you would need to add canon, but it's not. So you don't need to add canon. And therefore you're also not that kind of prophet. Um, but then if you say like, it's a prophecy or a word of knowledge or something like that, Yes, I totally believe God can speak to people, but it also weirds a lot of people out when they say, hey, God told me. Why don't we just avoid the entire issue and be like, hey, I really felt like, you know, God put this on my heart or something like that. When, when people say God told me, like, that's just like to someone not in that world. Like if someone tells me like, hey, God told me this. I'm like, oh, OK. In the same way I would mean it. Silence, dog. <laughs> Anyways, in, in the same way I would mean it. Like that means I have a prompting. I have intuition. I have a feeling. Yeah, you know, I, I feel led or guided that this is something that, you know, is spiritually beneficial for you. And it's probably going to be a Bible verse. Um, but then if people are like, God told me thus, it's like, don't be weird, bro. Like nowhere in the Bible are, are people supposed to be like weird and ominous. Like it's supposed to lead people toward Christ, not away from. So and I, I, I would just say that. Like what, it's kind of like, you know, people who want that title pastor that we talk so much about. It's like. What is the possible reason you crave this title so much? If you're basically doing everything that title does, then what possible reason do you have to like get the, the, the title? Um, so it's like, you know, if you have something that you think is God wanting you to tell someone or prompting you in a certain direction, then what? just say that and just be like, hey, uh, you know, I, I feel like I got this uh, word from the Lord and this is God wanting me, you know, to let you know something good. 
And then someone's like, oh, do you mean like a prophecy? Like, I just feel guided in this area, or I just feel like the Lord wants me to share this. Like, just avoid the entire issue that we've been talking about for like two hours now, and just just don't be weird. Just be easy. Like, tell them exactly what you want to say. But if you want that specific title of prophecy or prophet, what possible reason, other than like pride or ego, is it, other than maybe some people just legitimately believe it, but I think more than not, it's like, look, if I thought I was a prophet in every way, and I was going to like, you know, come down a mountain being like, the Lord thus said, Michael, repent or spend eternity in hell. Another way of doing this, hey, Michael, you're an atheist. You say you don't believe in a God. I do. I believe, you know, there's a heaven and there's a hell and you don't want to go to hell. So, you know, Jesus that I believe in says repent and believe in him. That's like so much less weird. So just do that. Uh, granted, but to answer your question directly, why people do it, uh, power, fame, influence, notoriety, etc. <laughs> with the yeah. Lord put in, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. I mean, it's kind of like you know, tell tell us you want that without telling us you want that. Uh, Mark Mark says I'm just like a Baptist now. <laughs> the Lord put that on my heart. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong, Mark. I mean, that's a much better way. So are you saying you you would be a prophet? But you don't have the ego, so you just avoid it and say, God put this on my heart. I'm just playing, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Yene, I, I totally agree with the way you, you put it there, to be honest. I think I, I, I do. But uh, there's, there's something Mark wrote in, in, in the comments there talking about um, Revelation being the last book of the Bible. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think that's how it was arranged. Yeah, but... Uh, the thing, and you gave a quote from Revelation saying, uh, whoever adds to this book adds to their uh, damnation, stuff like that. Yes, it is in Revelation, but Revelation was talking about the book Revelation that John was writing, not knowing while he was writing that there would be a Bible 400 years later or 300 years later. So it's it's not, I don't think it's... Uh, it's okay or clear to just say that part of the Bible was relating to every single book that we have today that we call the Bible. I agree that the canon that we have now is inspired by God. It was the people who uh, uh, picked the canon the way it is was inspired. They were inspired by God because there were other gospels that didn't make it into the canon at the time where they were picking these books. And I thank God for that. But um, I, I, we should still understand that these are individual books that were put together yeah well yeah and that's the argument like in you know someone wants to say well that's just for the scroll in revelation or that's just all of the book of revelation fine but you know the, the traditional view the one that like most of the planet of christians subscribe to is is that like the reason I, I think pastor mark if you could talk i'd love to hear it but you say revelation was the last book of the bible i'd like to know why you think that but i mean i think that because you know if you just follow the story like you know john is the one that lived his whole life and wasn't murdered for his faith um then it just seems reasonable that all the other scriptures would have been done because the people primarily uh, prematurely met their demise uh, for their faith. So those would have been done. So John, if he lived his whole life, uh, you know, without being martyred, then that's why his book would have been, you know, the final one to be written. Um, so, I mean, you know, what you said, no, so fine. And I made that own argu argument earlier that if people want to say it just applies to revelation they can do that but they would be in the the extreme minority um anyway and then for all the other reasons written right like what uh i forgot everything chris said but before he uh before he left i think the last thing he said was read a book <laughs>
Uh, Mark, you say dates uh, at 90 AD. Why, um, why do you say that out of curiosity? After all the other books, did it have something in the other books that would have had to be written after because it included like lots of information from that? Or why do you say that? Well, I think the, the range for Revelation and John is 30 to 90. So he says at best 90. So he's like taking them the worst case scenario <laughs> number, right? Oh, churches listed in Asia Minor are in existence. Ah, that's a good point. I just all right. Anyone? For, I, yeah, Mike. I just got a super interesting, and you know, I, I I don't share private messages. I just got a really interesting message. My DMs about being a mod. no about being a mod in this room, uh, and. Wow. Wow, person. Um, you are... It's Clark, isn't it? You, you, are, super, <laughs> you are super Christian. Oh. Wait, if it's Clark, he's not Christian. Clark, leave Michael alone, for heaven's sake. Look, everybody... Wait, I hope it's not Clark. Goodness, he's not Christian. <sighs> Look, Michael is a mod in this room because, as I've said a million times, this is not a Christian's only teaching room, Okay. There are plenty of those and they're wonderful. I attend them all the time and I love them. That is not the purpose of this room. This room is for the difficult questions and conversations of which Michael has faithfully been a part for like a year and a half. And he's here and he understands and respects the culture of the room. He doesn't argue. He puts in good opinions and he has a green bean. Get over it. Like we're not, if, if, if Nate and I were running a room where we were like, today we're teaching on Colossians and this topic, Michael would not have a green bean. But today we're talking about whatever. Like that, that's it. It's a different purpose for the room. If you don't want to be here for that, then that is fine. The door is over there. And full disclosure, <laughs> I, I did that earlier um, because, you know, uh, occasionally like, you know, when I have technical difficulties or something, you know, like I, I know I can trust Michael because I've, I've known him on this app a while. So, you know, I'm like, hey, can you uh, hold this room together? I'll be right back. I got to restart or something. Anyways, uh, today I just made lots of the regulars mods, um, including Michael, because Sorry, Steph. I, I planned because whenever the prophecy stuff was getting like really redundant, I planned on just like dropping you all and running away and not saying anything like you do to me so many times when I ask if anyone wants to stay in mod. So I was just going to like dump the room and leave. <laughs> so I made all of you guys uh, mods and left. Or, but I didn't leave because I got in, uh, you know, engrossed in it again. Anyway, that's that's why. But yeah, I'm not taking you back. So <laughs> for the record, I have not dumped the room and left. Okay. Oh, every time I'm like, okay, guys, it's getting close. I'm going to have to go. Uh, Steph, Chris, and you guys all like run like ants. No, I don't leave. I always tell you I can't stay today. Now, to, okay. be fair, to be fair, Nate, every single solitary time you say that, what do I say? Quote, I'm here for you, brother. I say that every single time. Now, and I get it. Most of like, and it's, it's all just, it's funny at this point. I, I wish here's, here's my wish. Hey, maybe this could be like an answered prayer or something. I, uh, my, my wish would be that the individual who sent me the DM would, um, yeah, Clark. would speak up and we could have a conversation. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to leave that there. Oh, wait, did he leave? I don't see him in the room anymore. I was going to send him an invite. 
Okay. It, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, I normally don't do this. It wasn't Clark. Oh, man. I, I was just very sure. Good thing I didn't say it was a prophecy. Otherwise, you'd have to kill me. Anyway, this is fun. So, uh, let's see. There, there was a guy up here, but then he left. Uh, Aaron says that this room is run by Satan. So, there's that. Oh, wait, who's, oh, do we know Aaron? Yeah, he's that messianic Jew who's always, like, Eastern philosophy, trouble-causing, rabble-rousing guy. Some may call that the, would you say, synagogue of Satan? Mm -hmm. I didn't say that. Well, for the record, I don't think that I don't think that entity is real either. Just like he wants you to think. <laughs> yeah, well, it's my wife's fiftieth birthday today, and I've been running around planning and doing. Well, not planning. I, the planning was all done long ago, but I've just been assembling various things. So. Um, okay, I present this this question about a question to either Prophet Steph or Acolyte Michael. Um, all right, I want you to answer this question, given only the knowledge you have from previously enduring this stuff. Okay, baptized in the audience says, the fact is, Nate will not allow me, I'm not the only mod, Nate will not allow me on stage because I am a Christian with good questions. Um, without asking him up, if I did ask him up, can either one of you tell me the first question he would ask? Go. Uh, too late, I did it. You did what? He's here now. Uh, what? Oh, okay. Before he talks, what's he going to ask? Well, he, I mean, he could change it now. But Well, it's going to depend, right? Because there have been, there, like, there at least um, a couple of times when Baptized has been on stage with me, he's asked, like, he's asked about my former uh beliefs so could be that um but yeah i i mean yeah or otherwise it's going to be about crying tears no no, I mean, no. it's going to be about john the baptist john. yeah yep it's going to be john the baptist all right baptized here's your chance to prove us wrong i mean we have like hand fed you that that we like gnostically somehow know what you're going to say are you compelled to do it anyways or um, here's your chance to ask another completely unrelated question. Um, not about pure nonsense, like how, what's the temperature, but also nothing to do with John the Baptist and nothing to do with the Holy Spirit and crying. Will you ask okay, a different um, question or are you compelled yeah, to ask? I've got the a different ones? question. Uh, John 1, 1, where it says uh, the word was God, the word was with God. Um, could that be the Bible was with God, the Bible was God, the Bible was with God? Great question. Absolutely not. Um, read down to John 1, uh, for, read down to John 1, 14, and it talks about the word was made flesh. So if, I mean, right. you know, the Bible, because as far as, Jesus as, far is as the I Bible, understand the right? Bible. What, well, but, but Jesus is about the Bible, the Bible is about <laughs> Jesus, correct? It's about Jesus. Jesus. It's like Jesus is a door. I mean, Jesus is not a physical door. Right. Jesus is not a physical Bible. Right. So the word was inspired by God. So it was in God's mind before the books were written. So John nope. 1, 1 could be the Bible was God. The Bible is with God. And the Bible became flesh. So nope. the, what I'm saying is the word could be the Bible. 
the, I mean, unless you like twist scripture to make it the Bible, but whenever you say the word was in God's mind, no, the word has always existed. Turn to Revelation, like, what, 13 something, where it says, and his name is called the word of God. It's not describing a Bible, it's describing Jesus, like coming back with, you know, eyes blazing a fire, like riding a horse with like a robe dipped in blood. Pretty ominous picture. And it says, his name is called the word of God. There's no, no mistaking that guy for a Bible. And the word of God is the Bible, correct? The word of God is in the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. Sure. Well, the, the Bible is the word of God. It has to be because it was inspired by God. Yeah, I said that. The Bible is the word of God, but the Bible is not Jesus. Right. In the same way that the Catholics would say well, when the Eucharist says is... when it says word in John 1, it could be referring to the Bible. No. Well... That's just where, read, like, just read, read to John 14. It answers what your is the word? Nat, you've got the answers. What is the Did word? Nat? Nat. The word Nate. is Jesus. 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 Okay, Jesus. so Jesus is in the Bible. Jesus became flesh. So, so you're saying the word was Jesus in the beginning. In the beginning was Jesus. Uh, the word, Jesus was with God. So you believe Jesus was in the Old Testament, but that's impossible because Jesus oh. was born in the New Testament. How can Jesus be in the Old Testament if he was born in the New Testament? The person Jesus has always existed. If you want to say the flesh and blood Jesus didn't exist, the human Jesus, the incarnation didn't exist until 2,000-something years ago, fine, we'll agree with you. We talked about that earlier. But to say that yeah, the it, person of Jesus never existed, the Son never existed, is you're surprise. You're the one yep, the Bible words because you're telling us All right, that I Jesus will turn you was over in the beginning. To Hang on, this is where the Paul may no, say. I got good questions, wait, wait. but you, won't, you don't want to answer. Oh, hold on. I'm trying to say this is where the Bible would say they're turning you over to Satan. But before we do that, I will just turn you over to Michael and Steph. Guys, have fun with him. I don't know. I think he I think he won the debate. So I think he's right. You're wrong, mate. Sorry. What was the question? Is the word the written word of God and not Jesus? Was that your question, Mr. Lehman? My question is, when it says the word was with God, the word was God, could that be the Bible was with God, the Bible is a God, and the Bible became flesh when Jesus was born? Right. Uh, Lou, good troll. I recognize it. Uh, so, Mr. Lehman, my next question for you is that, like, is this an Islamic? Okay, no, my actual, this is like an Islamic thing. When you refer to the Bible... Okay, do you mean the actual physical copy of the books? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Well, what, what do you mean by the Bible? I mean what it is. It's an ins it's ins it's inspired by God. So in what other words, it? in the beginning God had the Bible because he is the Bible, right? Okay, so is God so so you're more like could the word mean the sentiments of the that were written down? Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because when it says the word was with God, what is the word? What is Christ. the word? It's the word Christ. of God, which is Christ. the Bible. No, it, no, the no. The Bible no, was okay. with God in the beginning. So, so does does the Bible have a pronoun? Do we do we refer to the Bible as He? Well, the Bible is the word of God. Wait, wait, wait. That's it's a yes or no question. Somebody that, named it the Bible. Hold on. Somebody Baptized. named I, it the Bible. I really want to play along. But really, they, it's the so, word. You're referring to the Bible as the concepts that are written down. Okay, I'm accepting that. When we talk about the concepts that are written down, do we refer to them as he? 
No, my point is, no, could no, no, we no, call no, no, the no. Bible okay, so the word? Instead of it being called the Bible, could it be I'll the word? I'll let you get your point. I'll let you get your point, but hold on. So since we don't refer to the text, the physical object, as he, then the word, when it's referred to in scripture, must not mean that because they have a pronoun. The word has a pronoun and it's he, right? Yeah, yeah. Baptize. It sounds like, like to, and I think, Steph, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like what you're saying, like the way I'm receiving it, is that it sounds like you're anthropomorphizing an object, like a book. That's what it sounds like you're asking. Yeah, and well, what no, I'm he saying would is, could, could the Bible be just called the Word? Instead of calling it the Bible, just put the Word on the side of the Bible. Would that okay, be so fair? We, we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, right? Or right, we say, okay, like, right I'm there. really getting into the Word. Yeah, these are, like, that's modern. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's not the way the writers of the Bible are using that. It's capitalized, and it has a pronoun. And when they talk about the Word of God, they say he. So this is not the same as the way we would use it today. Saying, I'm, I'm really getting into the word today. We're not talking about Christ. We're talking about the text. But when the, writers of, when the authors of the Bible use it, they say the word was here and he did this and he did that. They're not, that's not the same way we're using it. Do you understand? They didn't expect heresy uh, on this level. What does the word Bible mean? What does the word Bible mean? Book. Yeah, the word Bible means book. So when we're referring to the Bible today, Mr. Lehman, we're talking about the text that we can hold in our hands. This is the books that have been canonized and are completed. The sentiments they contain, this is the Bible. We may also call it scripture, the text, or the word, right? When, When John is writing about the word and says he, they're referring to Christ. John is not talking about the Bible. That's why there's a problem with, uh, is Jesus God? Because a lot of people use John 1 as evidence because it said the word was God. But the fact is, the word became flesh in the New Testament, so Jesus cannot be in the Old Testament, and Jesus is not God because uh, Jesus, God himself at John Jesus' baptism said, this is my son. How can Jesus be God if, John, if God said, this is my son, John the Baptist testified, I've seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. How can Jesus be God? Because that's what you guys all believe. Okay, so Mr. Lehman. You're you, calling you God just, a liar. You're calling on, God okay. a liar. So, so you went on your, on you, you gave us your conclusion, which is the oneness conclusion, which we all knew is where you were going, but you didn't establish that the word is not Christ. You have to do that before you make your argument. No, I'm not a oneness. I'm a Christian, and I I believe Jesus is not God because God said Jesus is not God. John the Baptist came as a witness to testify about the light, and he said Jesus is the Son of God. So this Jesus is God stuff is a heresy, and you're calling God a liar. I'm going to mute you just because you came up with what is the word. We gave you an answer, and in order to keep continue, like in order to hold your hand and walk with you down this path, you need to establish, or at least respond to, the conversation about the word that you started. You can't then go over to John the Baptist and talk about how Trinitarians are liars and stuff. Your your question. Okay, hold on. I'll be right there. Your question was, what is the word in the Bible? And our answer is Christ. And here are the reasons why. Please respond to that, and then we'll keep going. Yeah, if you believe 
uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus was in the Old Testament. It's impossible okay. because, like I, I said, I it says the Word became flesh in the New Testament. So Jesus became flesh in the New Testament. He was the Word in the Old Testament. At the resurrection, Jesus goes back to being the Word of God. Jesus, for 30 years on earth, was just a human being. He was not God, and that's the facts. And you guys say that Jesus is God, even when he was on earth, which is impossible because he was born of a woman. And uh, John the, uh, Jesus said, no one born of a woman is greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist testified, Jesus is the son of God. So you guys are all calling God a liar, and that's not good. So it, it's really curious, like, <laughs> I mean... And what do you, I don't, you don't have a dog in this fight. Michael, you're the reason that I think Nate's uh, becoming an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for the yeah. record, Michael, um, if that ever happens, you're to blame. I'll just go ahead. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll shoulder that burden. Um, no, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, I guess perhaps you might have, you, you might have a point in, in the strictest sense because I think you're all wrong, but even when I did believe I was a Trinitarian, for, for me, I, I don't know how I, I was unable, even as a believer. I don't even think now, I don't even think now as an atheist. I doubt I could go to the Bible and reconcile oneness with the Bible. And, and I mean, it, it talks about, Nate said this a gazillion times, so I'll just puppet what he said. It, it says it right in Genesis. Right. Like there's 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 many different times. Right. And it's I, you know, I mean, it's like, yes, I, I agree with you that that's that some of the some of the verses could be looked at as, as problematic. But if you if, if I think if you reference it as a whole and you can and, and you compare it, it like, again, I'm, I'm an atheist, but I don't I, I don't understand. And I've listened to you. I've listened to other people who, you know, who 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 preach the kind of oneness thing. I don't know how they're able to reckon like as an atheist. I don't know how you reconcile oneness in your head if you use the Bible. It doesn't make any sense to me. Oneness are 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 uh, atheists, too, because they believe water baptism saves. And mm. uh, if you know the truth about water baptism, uh, they're they're uh, they're heretics. Eh? Uh, oneness, Trinitarians, Unitarians. None of those are in the Bible. I'm a Christian. I'm in the Bible. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Yeah, Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." So, how are you doing about that? Doing a good job on that? Would you say? What's that? Keep the commandments. Keep his I haven't murdered if anybody. Me, if you love I haven't me, murdered anybody like the head of the, the Calvinist church, uh, John Calvin, murdered people because they didn't believe what he believed. Great. What's that got to do with me? I'm not a Calvinist. I mean, have you ever told a lie? Great. What does that make you? You're a liar. Like, sins may have gradation, but they're going to put you in the same place. And No, yeah. Nate, the best way to answer the question why I think you're an atheist is because why don't you allow me on stage, but you let um, uh, atheists be moderators. A answer that question. Why do you not let like me on you, stage? I would like you to answer that question, not from, you know, in your most unbaptized Patrick moment, 
answer that question the way you think I would answer that question. I think he's right. I think he's well, the right answers, about that one. The answer's obvious. You do not let me on stage. You will not accept my my hand when I wave my hand. I'll have it up for an hour, but you won't accept it. But at yes, the same time, Michael's sitting next to you. Michael's sitting next to you, an atheist on stage, and he's on stage every day. So I asked you to answer the question the way you thought I would, but you just skipped that entire thing and went on another diet. No, the, like I said, it's simple. You don't allow me on stage. That's the answer. You don't believe a Christian should be on stage. All right. Well, thanks for playing because you're an abject heretic and it is much easier for someone nice and respectable like Michael is in this room uh, to be up here and help run the technical stuff um, versus uh, you know, who's not going to lead anyone away from Christ or not going to lead them to a uh, false gospel is like, here's my opinion. Here's what I think. Here's why I think you're all crazy. Great. Nothing they've heard a thousand times. If they hear someone claiming to be a Christian and claiming to be a Christ follower, and they are saying everything like her heretical and antichrist. And fortunately, what you say, I mean, you know, your doctrine of heresy is so insane that I don't know anyone here that would believe it. But still, the point remains. It, it, it would serve to, like, mess people up further in their eternity than Michael just being like, yeah, I'm not claiming to be a Christian. I'm not claiming to speak for Christ. Uh, I think you're all wrong. But, you know, I'm a polite civil person and not yelling like the angry guy from Gran Torino. Like, you're one step away. You're like the theological version of you kids get off my yard. Sorry, guys. Got to go. <laughs> Don't you dare. Somebody's <laughs> at my door. I'll try to come back. <laughs> What's up, Gavin? Are you jumping over your couch right now to get to your uh, microphone, Gavin? Or we put him to sleep? I don't know, Steph. Are we uh, are we bad people? Mm, I mean, you know that I'm quite fond of Mr. Layman. I want to see that man saved. I really do. So, for the record, I always let him up. <laughs> oh, it's not just because you want to torment me? No, I want to see him saved. I think he'd be an awesome Christian, honestly. Well, he'd be fervent. I, I mean, he would like he would he would be John the Baptist. Like, I mean, that guy would like roll around with like camel skin and probably eat roaches and everything. Like, I mean, he he would definitely emulate John the Baptist, probably. Yeah, Nate and Steph, have you? I I, I don't know the history of this, but probably there's some very good history uh, with uh, the guy that went down. Yeah, the baptized guy. Yeah. Um. But have have you guys ever ever asked him for his views on um, Isaiah nine six to seven, where it uh, foretold uh, the birth of Jesus and the names that Jesus would be called, saying Emmanuel, uh, God with us. <laughs> yes, and Mighty God, actually saying Mighty God, saying uh, for his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yeah, so. I wonder if he has ever replied to that one. Uh, well, you just heard it, baptized. So if you'd like to reply, go ahead and let us know what you think. I mean, I have a feeling, but, you know, don't want to lead you. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, I was going to say something about... Did you guys get so bored that you're talking to baptize now? Yes. I don't remember. Did I invite him up here? Gosh, I you did, did you or me? Here's what happened. Yeah, I said... Well, you know, baptized for the record, I'm not the only mod. So then I took that as immediate permission to let the man up. 
Uh, that was another it. time I think when I was when I was about to make an exit, but then I just got engaged in it again, and I I didn't. <laughs> I'm telling you all my evil plans. <laughs> What's up, Rex? What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say what you should have brought up to him is where the word of God appeared and said, not that the God said, but it appeared. This word figure appeared in the Old Testament. You should have went down that road with him a little bit. But I don't know if that would help her. Well, go there. He's still listening. He's down I, there. I don't know the verse. Go ahead and go there. I, I don't know exactly. Sorry, this is why I can't. You hear the background. This. No, Steph doesn't let us stop her. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, yeah. Steph has ways of making the children shut up, though. It's pretty amazing. Telling them they're making Jesus cry or threatening them with hell or, you know, something like every Christian totally does. If you read the memes on Facebook from Atheist. Yeah, well, I mean, she's on the phone right now, so we can say whatever we want. It's great. So, Chris, welcome back. How'd your client meeting go? That was good. They got a dead piece of equipment. We're going to order them another one. We're going to install it. Be the heroes. Hmm. Let's send out some more fun invites. If anyone wants to jump up here or jump up on stage, let us know what you have to say. I just want to make an observation. I was going sure. to the scripture to make my point. That's all. Are you at the scripture? No, no, I'm, I still can't talk very much. I just wanted to say that just oh. as a more of a joke. Say I'm using the scripture to make my point. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. Um, Let's see. Yeah, shoot from the hip around here. Uh, Pastor Mark, what's up? Hey, I just have a few minutes, so I come up, and I've enjoyed listening to everything today. You guys are, as usual, very interesting and engaging, so that's good. By that, he means crazy, and we would not be allowed membership to his church. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very interesting. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Pastor, we need to have lunch again before Actually, long. to be a member, you have to be saved and give us a good testimony of your salvation. And then you have to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. And if you do those two things, then according to Acts 2, you're ready for membership. And we just hope all the other stuff will fall in later. What if someone has previously been baptized? and they just relocate to, the, relocate to the area. Would you accept uh, not having them baptized in your church if they have previously been baptized and just, like, moved into the area looking for a church? If they have been baptized, and the way we word this is, if they've been baptized in a church of like precious faith, which is a phrase from Peter, if, if they've been baptized in a church that tells them you have to get baptized to go to heaven, then we can't accept that baptism if they were you know, baptized as a baby, we can't accept that baptism. But if they're baptized in a church that teaches and preaches salvation biblically, then we accept that baptism. Well, awesome. It's called moving your letter, right, Pastor Mark? Well, oh, the, the moving your letter thing is more like from uh, one convention Baptist church to another. Some of the independent Baptist churches use letters as well, 
but um, you know we can accept their members, their them as members if they have a good salvation testimony. They tell me where they've been baptized, and it's a church that I know teaches the Bible. Then we accept that. Like if Nate wanted to switch, we we take him. <laughs> DC, uh, why'd you go back down the audience? I was just about to call on you. If you wanted to say anything, come on back up. <clears throat> what, do you, what do you guys think of this whole, like, uh, country music dude that just sprang out of nowhere? Man, I don't, I don't song. get the, I don't get the big hoopla with it. I mean, like, he's like, he, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's just a guy that wrote an okay song about corrupt political system. I mean, that could be any one of like, you know, 300 million people. So, I mean, I, I really don't know why, like everyone's yeah, going crazy over like he beat out Taylor Swift on the charts, I guess. And I don't understand it. Maybe I'm a little bitter and jaded that, you know, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, could it be? <laughs> I, I, it could be. I, Luke. I, didn't know, I didn't know he beat, beat out um, Taylor Swift on the charts. That's really interesting. Is that is that the temperature of the country? Is that where we, is that as a country where we at? That's interesting. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, you know, I can't get can't get back into political trouble with Chris because he he may. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like we we can talk about religion, but man, something about politics is more visceral than I think even religion. And I th I think it's because it's more like you know it's uh, concrete and it's more tangible and in front of your faces versus you know like religion. It's more like you know, for the, for the afterlife for eternity and stuff like that. So if like people disagree, they're like, Oh, well, I think my way is right. But you know, it's, it's kicking the can down the road or, you know, if I don't believe in that anyway, then it doesn't matter. Just leave me and my family alone. So even though religion can get contentious, I think politics, because it's just more tangible, like in front of your face, um, that everyone's like, no, no, no. Cause everyone has their quote empirical evidence anyways. But I think that is, I mean, yeah, I think it's the climate. I think the people, on all political aisles are realizing that, well, what they're realizing. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> hang on. Someone was also about to speak. Uh, let's, let's just tiptoe around that before everyone leaves again. Who was it? Well, yeah, Lou, that could have been you. Why don't you do that, Lou? I mean, you know, you make beats, right? Like, why don't, why don't you do something like that? We'll be like, Look, we get this like Puerto Rican guy who is fed up with our country and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, you know, play a banjo, like incorporate yeah. a banjo. Like you'll be a hit overnight. Nah, it'll be like hard hip hop. Well, hard I know, but that's what they expect. You gotta do something. You gotta do something like you know unconventional. Like they'd be like, "Oh, Lou, yeah, that guy likes hip hop," but you know that would be like me doing hip hop, or that'd be like you doing like, you know, I don't know, something to the tune of like Willie Nelson. Oh, that was racist. Well, I don't know. It's it's unstereotypical, Steph. You yeah, race baiter. I would say it's. Um, it's I'm feeling offended. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's unstereotypical stuff. It's almost as bad as what Desante said, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you got run out over that. Well, last night we last night we talked about Russian stereotypes. Like I have these Russian neighbors, and uh, we were, we were hanging out, and their stereotype of Americans were um, that you know we fake smile. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can't say anything about that. That's pretty true. Like the polite smile, like when we don't really mean it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, guilty. I'm like, okay, well, what about you guys in the vodka? <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, it's pretty true. As they take a swig of vodka. <laughs> I mean, they're like, it's vodka. 
I mean, some things stand, right? And while everyone has a propensity to be like, that's racism because of my color. I'm like, or it could be because of a, you know, some other stereotype, or it could be because of a culture. Like culture and color are not synonymous, but a lot of times you do see overlap. Did DeSantis say something that people are calling racist? I hadn't heard. He didn't actually. We talked about it like last week. What does anyone actually Lion remember? Because Lou, Lou is the Lou is the only one offended by it, and the rest of us like were charitable. I don't remember what it was. What was it, Lou? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, you hear the kids in the background? I gotta go do something. Hold on. I don't hear anyone. Now he clams up. Um, no, it was another instance of me being right. So, um, <laughs> Steph, Steph, that's always Steph's favorite. Whenever I Mark, right, what? <laughs> Mark, what's that thing in the Bible that like warns people not to puff their puff up themselves and like wait until other people brag about you? What's that verse, Pastor? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you got me stumped for a minute, but uh, let me think. Hey, I may have a, up. I have a, I heard someone say they had a question. Oh, that's me. I'll, I'll forewarn you. You guys don't know me that well, but I always kind of bring up some contentious issues, but I'm a believer. I believe in the Messiah. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Trinity. I believe in salvation by Christ alone. That kind of thing. Anyway, <laughs> I have a well, question. Well, you've avoided the stake so far. Okay, what is the um, what is the point of baptism? Because it's something that was said earlier spawned this question. And they make if depending on the answer might create a point of contention. So, what is the point of baptism? Everyone in this room is going to agree with what Pastor Mark will now say. Yeah, Pastor Mark is a Baptist pastor. Pretty sure he's got this one on. So, All right, Pastor so, Mark, what's the point of baptism? All right, so I'm in the drive-through of the bank, but let me talk for a minute. First, um, first, I think the verse you might be referring to, Nate, was Proverbs 27, 2. Let another man praise thee, yes. and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. So Proverbs 27, 2. Um, okay, so if you go through the, the Bible, you'll see baptism in the New Testament, and you'll see a couple different kinds of baptism. There's the baptism of John and so forth, but... Uh, nowadays, what we have, and what you'll see in the book of Acts especially, is that after someone received Christ as their Savior, then they were water baptized as a picture of the uh, identifying with Christ, letting everybody know that they were saved. So, so we view baptism as identifying you in three ways. You identify, hey, I am a Christian. I died to my old ways, I've received Christ as my Savior, and then I'm identifying with Christ because He died, He was buried, and He rose again. And then thirdly, I'm identifying with the doctrine of the church that is doing the baptizing because it says in Acts 2 that when they were saved, then they were baptized, and then they were added unto them, uh, talking about added unto the church there at Jerusalem. So that's kind of how I view it in a nutshell. Okay, so so you're saying, because I, I have heard this before, and actually I agree with the first part, but I have a problem a little bit with the second part, because I've, because um, um, it's like you're, I've heard this a lot, and most Baptist churches preach this, you baptize and become a member, or it is, your baptism is making you a member of the church. So the, the thing I would say, I would ask, 
um, they were at, yeah, they were added to the number, which I don't disagree with, but this idea of membership, I'm, I do question. Cause if I get baptized, like if my, if I decide to baptize my daughter at the local pool, you know, and then we go to a local church as a family, that would be to me still be applicable even without having some kind of formal letter in there because you're witnessing before God and before people, which, which needs to be done. And I don't disagree with that part, but to attack church membership to it for some reason, I do have that to me seems problematic. And that's the part of contention that I would address. Cause I, I used to, I knew a guy that I discipled and he was, they wanted to make a big deal about him becoming a member of that church but he couldn't because he's going to be leaving, but he wanted to be obedient in baptism. And I think him being sufficiently baptized was sufficient for that. He, he was a follower of Christ. He just didn't necessarily need to be affiliated with that specific church. So that's, that's the only, and my, my wife's following me. Right yeah, there are, even in our, my circles of Baptist churches, there are some who view uh, baptism and membership as inextricably linked. Like uh, you, when you get baptized, you are automatically baptized into the membership. And then there are others who would view baptism as a first step of obedience after your salvation. And therefore, um, some people might not be ready for membership yet, uh, but they ought to take that first step of obedience so that then they can uh, take some other steps that'll get them ready for membership. And I can elaborate on that if you want, but so I could see your point there, Paul. Um, the reason that it's, okay, now you might agree more with Matt Slick if you wanna baptize your daughter in the bathtub. And, <laughs> but most, most of the time we understand that baptism and the Lord's Supper were ordained by the Lord to be done through the local churches. And so we look at it as an ordinance of the church and identifying you uh, with the local church. And it's based a lot on Acts chapter 2, but there are other places as well. No, and I agree that um, both both the, the communion and baptism are public declaration. I do need, think there needs to be a public affirmation of that. You know, I mean, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you know, all that kind of thing. So I think that's necessary. So, I'm, But I just, when they... Attached yeah, I think I understand. membership I think, thing, that's where I have tension. Yeah, I understand. You're saying you agree that it's a public profession of faith, but just that it, um, 